This is episode nine. That's right, nine. If superheroes had nail writers, it's the three mentalists walked into a podcast. There it is. Here we are, episode number nine. Uh, absolutely, it's really good to be here with yeah, the, with the yeah. pair of you again. It's good, Luch. Hmm. He's still not talking. Oh, come God. on, dude. The, since the we're, okay, we've recorded we've recorded this opening like five times now, and he's still not. Why? Silent treatment is lame. Look, he didn't mean it. He was yeah. just teasing. And no, um, you, no I, I meant it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come on. I've been, ah, I've been moderating between these two idiots. <laughs> no, come on. So uh, let's get on with it. Anyway, if you just want to talk, you just want to talk. Fine, um, fine. Yeah. So give us a silent treatment. We do not care. So, uh, thank you for all the feedback on episode eight. We've, I think it was our best episode yet. It was. Uh, yeah, so thank you. Yeah. Why are you looking at me like that? Well, we definitely got the best audience response to it. <laughs> more, more people mentioned it than any other any episode, other episode yeah. ever. Yeah, so, so, we're going to crack an episode planned for you. And um, are you going to speak? Okay. Uh, this is so stupid. <laughs> Why do you do this? Why do you wind him up? It's just easy. <laughs> it doesn't. You're like, because it's the simplest. The, the easiest joke to make is always the right one. Is that it? <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. Cool. So, uh, what, so li- since last we spoke, we've uh, been to Blackpool. And I saw you there. Luch wasn't there, so you can sit there. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. We were at Blackpool We were at Blackpool. It was, what a great convention. I had a really good time. Did, did you? Yeah. Oh, you weren't sick the whole time. Like, I was. No, I literally. And it, so, it's I your fault. There. The Blackpool lurgy that no. everyone's been complaining no, 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 about no. is your fault, then. No, because I got there, and then a few hours later, I started feeling something bad. Mm. So I just think it was fast acting. Mm. I clearly wasn't patient zero. <laughs> You're sensitive. He's, he's, um, Atlas Brookings is a sensitive cell. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you when you avoid germs as much as I tend to, <laughs> then, then when you find one, it obviously takes over. But no, I I, uh, I was fine by Monday. I was I was definitely fine by Monday because what I do is anytime I start feeling sick, and guys, this works. Anyone who starts feeling sick. Go get a little bottle of uh, Listerine or mouthwash or whatever and, and swig it like every 20 minutes. You don't drink it. Sorry, I should, I shouldn't say swig. But, uh, you gargle. Yeah, you gargle every you 20 minutes. You swoosh your mouth. And um, whatever it is, your, your immune system gets a boost by you consistently c- killing the bacteria. And I was, I was done with it two, three days tops. In fact, I was feeling pretty good Sunday night when I left. Um, but I know other people uh, have had it for weeks yeah. afterwards and just haven't been able to shake it. So when I think with, with mouthwash, this is totally not mental. Like, well, life lessons-wise, guys, this is not just mentalism. We're talking about life here. Um, is my thing with mouthwashes, yeah, I use it morning and evening, but I wouldn't like using it consistently through the day because... I read a thing, and it was on the internet, so it must have been true. Yeah, you know, so much of that <laughs> so stuff. Of that stuff. Those e-books. <laughs> All those e-books, they're really true. Um, we're a worker. It's a worker, everybody. It's a worker. Fair? Hey. hey. <laughs> Fair? <laughs> it's, um, it, is, um, like it kills the bacteria in your mouth, which some of the bacteria in your mouth you need there, don't you? To, like, kill things and I, fight I, things off. I think off. it depends a lot on what you put in your mouth, Ken. Do we have to go there? I, I feel like I can, yeah. I, I feel like the edit, if he's not saying anything, the editing this episode is going to be so much easier. <laughs> so I'm going <laughs> to... That's what's going to happen. So, uh, so, this, uh, so at Blackpool, standout things. What were the things you enjoyed? What did you see? I really liked... What was that thing I bought? You know, that the uh, the, ta- the, the, the What was he called? Jürgen? Jürgen. He's a lovely guy. Mental Miracles? Mental Miracles. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. He had, he had a lot of stuff. 
A lot really of good, stuff. high quality, really fantastically engineered from what I could see. <laughs> yeah, and there was there was another guy that does similar stuff that I would have thought the booth was busy, but it was Oh a, yeah. It was absolutely a it ghost, was a ghost town. Ghost town that other yeah. booth, wasn't it? Yeah. It's interesting we both went that word, ghost town. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I I, I think a lot of, he was just I think sort of days there checking numbered. his phone. I yeah, think he was just I think checking days his phone. For, for certain companies out there, I think other people have have got tech and are doing it a little bit doing, better. Yeah, yeah, I think um, which, which I feel bad for because... Uh, there's a lot of work goes into those things, there's you know? a, There's a lot of work, a lot of effort, but the customer service I've received has always been good Yeah, from them. And so you just hope they innovate and, and, uh, and survive. And talk of conventions. It seems there have been a lot of these conventions popping up. Obviously, Blackpool's long established. Yeah. It's still the world's largest, most attended magic convention. Derek Lever does a phenomenal job of booking some of the best acts in the world. Well, I, I think... I but think look at it now. The conventions... Yeah, I think the conventions that I do, that I've gone to, the two standouts have obviously been... Uh, Blackpool and Mines. Yeah, um, I enjoyed Mindvention too. Actually, in, in Vegas, that was fun. I, yeah, I, I didn't. I haven't gone. But to Mind Mines, Mind, Michael Murray's Mines is amazing. Mines, I think, for mentalism, and, yeah. and obviously that's what the podcast is about. Yeah. Mines is the best convention that I've gone to for mentalism. Um, he's and he's still and, and the thing is the the thing that really interests me and impresses me is that he's still obviously dialing it in. I mean, he's he's only done two of them, and so he's. Taking and tweaking and making changes and fixing and you know if it's too long or if it's too short or if it needs to be two days or if it needs to be one he's he's always consistently fiddling to improve it um, but I think people have seen mines and have thought oh I I can do this mm. um, and they can't they just they haven't, no, they haven't they got the haven't, magic formula no they don't have the formula and they, they're just they taking got I think the one of the great things right. about what's really great about mines is. Michael's so good at coordinating and speaking with the act. He works with the act. He doesn't try to rip anybody off. He pays everybody extremely fairly. Yes. So many of these conventions now are like, hey, show up, teach your stuff, and we're not going to pay you. And I'm like, what? Oh, but you get, you get good sales. You get good sales. All yeah. right. Okay. Well, if you, you know, stand behind it, you know. No, Michael, I, I genuinely think Minds is the best for, for mentalism. So, and I know other events have popped up, mm-hmm. um, but if you, if you have to choose one, I would, I would choose, even over Blackpool. Yeah. Um, because it sort of specializes in, yeah. in the thing that I like. Um, and talking of Blackpool, um, something naughty happened at Blackpool, didn't it? Yeah, congratulations to Dave Bonsall. I love Dave Bonsall for this. So it's amazing. Much. Top dog, yeah, top yeah. banana. I, I genuinely. In case you don't know. Dave Bonsall yeah. runs Prop Dog. Dave, Dave runs Pop Dog, renowned the world over for the best customer service in Magic, I think. And he took, he, he has a, a CCTV uh, system on his stand because he has a large stand. Yeah, he's got, he's got a great big, I mean, it really? must have been 20 feet long, Was it? his, his okay. tables. And then he's got two side tables. Right, so it's a lot of stuff going on. And he caught on camera someone stealing from his two stand. someones oh two someone two someone stealing from his from stand. stand and he's gone right to the organizers they're banned from blackpool they're named and shamed yeah i fully i fully support that's amazing the ban from blackpool it's brilliant yeah and, and i well, just I mean, think who thinks it's okay i mean you know i don't understand the idea of taking something that's not yours just no. flat out i think it's, it's wrong speaking of which let's talk about ebooks for a second because if you don't like something it's it's one of those things where where if oh you I know I know what you're talking about right yeah right, this is this is a piece of advice that we sort of came up with isn't yeah. it yeah so one of the things that I think is really frustrating is we know and one of the on the impetus for creating this podcast the three of us was because He's still of, not saying anything <laughs> unbelievable just apologize to him <laughs> you know I don't apologize it's not happening you're not making this any better <laughs> just look and, at him. and he's laughing he's shaking. 
with laughter and his face is red. You'll be tweeting about it. That's what he's doing. He's tweeting right now. He is on his phone. Okay. Fine. Anyway, back to if you don't want to participate, you don't have to. We'll just pretend to give your views for you. <laughs> I think Kennedy is amazing. That's my impression of Luke. It did sound like him. Yeah. <laughs> it exactly, words and all. Like it was the exact one choice. <laughs> oh, and he's given us the finger. No. <laughs> Dude. Okay. Um, yeah, so one of the things that we've noticed and the reason that we came up with the idea of the podcast was there's a lot of stuff going on out there, which obviously is bogus, which is just not good mentalism. People selling two-page ebooks of a thing they've never even tried in the real world. Yeah, it doesn't work. Or people who even, the worst one is, this book it has over a thousand pages of nonsense that I've never tried in the real world. Because people are really good these days at padding out nothingness. And you feel like you must get into learning something at some point, but you're 40 pages in, you're still drudging through all this theoretical crap. Anyway... I think we should all take a stand on this, and if you don't like something, if you think... Well, not if you don't like it, that's different. If you th- feel like you've been missold something. So, for example, if the ad copy says, uh, hey, uh, no no fishing, and you get it, and it and comes with a fishing, fishing rod, <laughs> you know, it comes with a friggin' net... And you bait. And bait. Yeah. And a and, box. <laughs> and like a and cool a hat and a little boat. chair, right? And a fishing license. Right? If it comes with all those things. And a guy <laughs> who, who just loves to fish all day. And one of those bumper stickers. <laughs> gone fishing. fishing is the one I was yeah, thinking right, of. The gone fine. fishing sign. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if it comes with all those things, which are blatantly not what was in the ad copy, then I think you have an app. Ab- <laughs> Then, if at that point, you yeah, ha- if something have- just doesn't work and you know it doesn't work, and, and it's, it's because never it's bogus, worked. yeah, not, you can't do this based on opinion because we all have, you know, we buy material and we, we, it's our personal style. But if it's been sold to you incorrectly because one, it says there's no fishing and it comes with a net and the boat and everything, or it just doesn't work because it's flawed. Or yeah, or that hasn't been tested enough, or it hasn't, right. you know, won't work like, in your region or your dialect earlier. or whatever well, it is. I was telling you earlier about a little idea I've got. That's not like a. I'm not going to write a whole ebook out of it. Like yeah, you asked me work. what you asked me what I thought, and I said, oh, that's an ebook. Right, right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Because it's not a whole. E- it's it's a bonus little idea, but it's purely psychological. Unlike most of my stuff, something I stumbled across, and I'm testing it. I've only done it 15 times so far. 14 times it worked. One it didn't, and I know it was something that needs to change about it, and that's fine. I'm learning. Yeah, because I'm not you can just diagnose. Sit- but if, if I, I I'm not just going to sit down and write. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to sit down and write and go. This probably works, guaranteed every time. Yeah, no, and that's what I like about you, and that's why train tracking works and things like that. Is you know that you put it through its paces and you go right. Well, that was a weakness, and I'm never going to fail because right. I don't want to. So how can I fix this? Mm-hmm. And so then it gets reworked and retooled. And what? Why, and no, that's the advice that creates yeah. the book. Yeah, not exactly. And that's, yeah, exactly. And and it need, it needs to come with things like performance experience and all the subtleties that make things work, work. and yeah. back things up. Um, but there are a lot of people just out there that just chuck stuff out because they so had the idea. What I'm going to suggest oh, is go to those people and ask for a refund. Say, hey, I don't think this was a this was suitable. This was not what you advertised. It doesn't work. Whatever your reason is. Obviously, please don't go out there and just say, "Hey, it wasn't my style. I didn't like it. I only perform." Like, it's not about no, it, opinion. It needs, to, it needs to either not work, and it's demonstrably the case for you all of the time, mm-hmm. or it was mis-sold. clearly missold. Right. Um, but I agree with you. I think you should go back out for a refund. And if they don't refund you, you've got two things: if you pay PayPal through PayPal, and your credit card company, you PayPal, PayPal, and your credit card company. So go to PayPal and say, "I would like a refund," and they'll force the refund. Or you go back to your credit card company, and they'll do but a they chargeback. They don't just force the refund. They force no. the refund, and then they look at your account if you're a seller. If you're yep. consistently having dissatisfied customers, mm-hmm. no, they will that, close that, that would be the case. 
um, they like reputable sellers. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to set a precedent of let's fight. The, the best way to fight against all this BS that's been released is to not stand for it. And the only reason these people are doing these things is because they're making buck out of it. They're making money out of it. Let's take away their, their fuel line. Let's take away their cash cow, their ATM from their life. And let's re really ins- let's reinstate. I mean, you're, you're basically saying let's run them out of town. Right. Let's do it together. We can do this. Yes, Luch. He's it's done nothing. He's actually turned his back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to the next section. Okay, cool. Huge shout out to the main man, Mr. Steve Hessine, and his wonderful new product. Flictionary. Grab a hold of it, take a look at it, sniff it and lick it. So a new feature in the podcast here is that uh, we've, in the past, we've enjoyed discussing some of the business sides yeah. of the podcast. And you've got seven, eight episodes if you don't count that one kerfuffle that... Uh, was, what? Which kerfuffle? The, the Kennedy kerfuffle. <laughs> no, nobody noticed. <laughs> You're like, there was, a, there was a man on the grassy knoll. Uh, but... We, we've given away a lot of really good information, I think, in getting started in business and some of these things. But one of the things that we've found has really been helpful to us and uh, ostensibly to the listeners is this business section. So yeah. we've decided, not that we don't want to continue to give back. I feel, I feel like generally we give back in spades to our yeah. podcast. But we need to cover costs. And, and we thought, well, what if we took the business section mm-hmm. um, and moved it? Into a into a different podcast only. So there's there's going to be a, a different part of the podcast that you can download for a pound. It's only quid. Piece, yeah. um, but this time we've done a, a section all about how to negotiate your fees. That was very useful. Yeah. And then another section about where to go to practice material. You know, sort of when you're breaking in your show or when you want to try new things. How to what, what did you say? How to be bad? But yeah, in well, a the way question that you're we good. got from one of our listeners was, how, "Where do you go to be bad?" And so we did a performance craft section we just recorded, um, which is about uh, where you go to be bad or where you go to practice your new material. And so we've put how to negotiate how to negotiate your fees for your gigs and the performance craft and where to go to practice and be bad. And it's just one pound to download. Yeah, it's, a, it's an extra at least half hour of material. Yeah, absolutely. So we hope you enjoy it. Yeah. Right, so now we've got a new segment we like to call uh, True Lies. True Lies. True Lies. And, and, and the, the whole idea behind this is that us as mentalists, when we perform, one of the, one of the plots that we frequently find ourselves doing is uh, the idea that we can spot a truth from a lie. So I thought, wouldn't it be kind of fun to take that and transition it, mm. almost like we did with, uh, with the coin toss one. Uh, uh-huh. what, what do we call that? Tossing, Vank, tossers. Uh, the Venkman challenge. That's, that's what it was. <laughs> Bunch of tossers. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, but <laughs> you're you're incorrigible, kid. <laughs> uh, so the Venkman challenge. But I thought, wouldn't it be fun to take that and do that with the idea that we list a list of statements? So we're, we've got five statements that we're each going to make about ourselves. Yeah. Two of these things will be true. Three of them will be the lie, and we're going to try and suss out which the one truth is the, the truth. So. Uh, do you want to go first? You've got five statements, and sure. I've got five. Would you like to read okay. uh, read one, and I'll I'll read one, and then we'll ask each other a few questions, questions about it. Okay. okay. So my first statement is: While breaking into mentalism, I also worked on a two man stage illusion act, but decided against decided against it when I couldn't fit into a fire pyramid. A fire pyramid. <laughs> yeah. See, all right. So uh, before I respond mm-hmm. to that. 
Uh, uh, you wanna, I mean, you can respond now if you want. Is that the easiest way around? Uh, yeah, ma- maybe it is. Right, so I do remember, vaguely remember, that you said something about early on having done a two-man act or having considered a two-man act. But I believe that you've always been mentalism. Okay. So I would be surprised if you went into a fire pyramid <laughs> somebody else. Tell, tell me more about this where was this and how old were you um oh i don't know how old i was i was probably about 16 years old so mm-hmm. see so right that puts it at the age where i remember you were doing tarot card readings and stuff so maybe you were young and impressionable and thought i like fire <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 i was 16 years old um i was with my friend rob temple who's the hypnotist um, and uh, we were at his house. Uh, he, his parents at the time were living in a place called Sunderland, which was about, I don't know, half an hour away from where I was living. And we used to hang out a lot. We met at a magic convention, actually, Rob and I, and best friends since. And um, we thought, wouldn't it be good? Because he was into, like, um, doing all the linking rings on stage, all that kind of thing. And so, I, so he said, do you want to do a two-person um, illusion act? Because no one's done that before. Apart from there's a couple called The Twins, but we weren't twins, obviously. Yeah, and Penn and & Teller and a few other... Rather famous. Anyway, go on. Yeah, well, okay. At not sixteen, the, not Rob UK, must not right, have known. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe. So, um, <laughs> so okay. Well, apparently, I was going to get into this fire pyramid, and it was totally safe because like, like tubes going through it and stuff. And I had to. And I tried to get in. I just couldn't. Even at like that age, I'm not a very broad-shouldered chap, but I couldn't. I still couldn't get my shoulders. Yeah, I'm not even sure you're a chap. I <laughs> <laughs> right, got chaps, <laughs> sticks in my pocket. All right, let's, let's, let's move on for that joke as tasty as we can. Um, and so I couldn't get into the fire pyramid, and that's why we didn't do it. Really, Luch? Not. He wouldn't even laugh at that. No. I'm making fun of you. He's not for even... him. Yeah, thanks. Right, so I, I just want to say mm-hmm. I'm a bit unsure about this because I believe you and Rob don't go back that far. I remember talking to the both of you and asking how you met, and something just doesn't ring true here. So I'm going to suspend judgment until I hear the rest of these. Okay. But I don't think that this is the truth at this stage. All right. Uh, right, here we go. It'd be interesting to play along at home as well. Wherever you listen to this, think about each of our statements and the way that we sort yeah, of see rationalize if you can, see if, see if you can, can score, score better than, 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 us, than we yeah, will. Uh, right, I mean, we are essentially professional liars, <laughs> so I fully expect this to be a challenge. Um... Okay, mine is, I once delivered a baby for a stranger on the side of the road. You once delivered a baby for a stranger. So we do like... And discuss. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, uh, where were you? Where, whereabouts in the world were you? Uh, I was in Tacoma, off South, uh, South 19th and Tyler. Okay. And I even suggested to her, because the baby was born on South 19th and Tyler, that she could either call it South I... 19th or Tyler. <laughs> and I said, I know which name I take. <laughs> okay, how old were you at the time? Uh, must have been 30... Oh, must right. have been 30. Okay, it's not that long ago. No, it would have, well, no, it would have been uh, almost eight or nine years. So, uh, yeah, 28, 29. Okay, and uh, what, do you remember the lady's name? No, I have no idea what her name was. No. She remains to this day largely a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and was she young? Was she like a young mum or a, an older mum? Uh, I would say she was probably mid-30s. She was older than me. Mm. And uh, how did you dry your hands? Oh, it was disgusting. <laughs> but but you you know he's laughing now. Yeah, yeah but I'm twitching as well. Just the, the uh, well, I carry a bottle of well, I don't carry, but in the in between the seats in my car, oh. I carried a great big jar of Purell that you can buy at Safeway. It's a okay. pump bottle. Okay. So I used that initially because I did. Um, you know what I'm like with my with my germophobia. Yeah. And the only reason I'd pulled over in the in the first place is because this lady had been driving erratically. And I thought, maybe she's drunk, 
Okay. Do you know what I mean? Because it was quite early in the morning. It was around 6.15 or 6.30. Um, but she zipped over, like instantly went from the lane that she was at here. to two lanes right across from an apartment complex and pulled the car to a stop. And I just thought, yeah. I better see if she's okay. Okay. Um, and- okay, I'll tell you what. I'm not sure this is true. Obviously, I'm, not, I'm going to remember, I'm going to, you know, see how the game goes. But I'm not sure how true I think this is. One, because I, think, I don't think you're that caring. <laughs> and right. But secondly, uh, your your germophobia didn't get severe until much later than that. I don't think. Oh no, that's totally wrong. This was right in the full blown. Oh, at the time. Yeah, this is. Uh, in fact, when now he's winning me over. Now, when when the baby came out, this is something I did not. I'm going to say if this is if this is a lie, I will never trust you again. There was there was well, like this, there was like this little grey crested head. Do you know what I mean? So I, I obviously approached her, said, are you okay? She says, I'm having my baby, I'm having my baby. Mm. And uh, I was like, I'm sure you'll be fine. She's like, no, no, I'm having my baby. You need to help me. Um, and so I, I realized I had to give her my phone to call 999, so I, or 911, obviously, in the States. But, uh, oh, oh yeah. that was that. <laughs> well, was I've been over here long enough. Yeah. I've been over here long enough. Um, oh, we're slipping. She, she basically said, you have to help me. They're not going to get here in time. How did you cut the placenta? Oh, with my teeth, obviously. No. I didn't. <laughs> oh! by, the, by then, by that point, the paramedics had arrived, and they were all firemen. Okay. Um, and so they handled it from well, there. The paramedics but were there. They were firemen. By that point, they were firemen, paramedics. The, what? In the States, paramedics are often firemen. The fire and ambulance service come out at the same time. Oh, okay. So, um, but anyway, what had happened was, so I don't want to go into how this occurred, but the, the, her pants came off. Um, and there was this little grey, disgusting tip of the head oh, no. starting to come out. Oh, no. And I just thought to myself, well, obviously the baby wants to come out. So I reached in to the very weird situation, but I reached in and I could feel its little chin. And I just pulled slightly. Yeah. And it plopped right out. And I almost dropped it because it was slick like a greased hog. Right. Um, but here's the bit that really gets me to this day. <laughs> Is that there was about five gallons of fluid. Like, the baby was obviously plugging this up. And I was squatted down because she was just in her passenger seat. Mm. And I pulled the baby out. And there's like five gallons of fluid that goes all over my crotch. Nice. With blood and gore and bits. Mm. And I don't know what it is. And this is... This is someone I don't know. (laughs) It would be bad enough if it was someone I did know. Um, But I, you know, set the baby on her lap and, and... just, Got out with that. Yeah, and said, is there, no. Uh, I said, is there something we can wrap him up in? He was a little boy. Um, and then we wrapped him up and went for the ambulance. All right, that sounds pretty legit. There's a lot of detail <laughs> there. And if it's not, I'm never going to trust you again. All right. Well, there we go. So what kind of stuff have you been up to this month, dude? Uh... It's, it's not if he's Actually, not going to talk, we can just talk yeah, amongst yeah, exactly. the pair of us. Uh, we've been doing regular gigs and stuff, but the big news is, and I've kept this really quiet, mm-hmm. um, but I've released my probably my biggest work to date. Um, Your new book? Yeah, my new book. And what's Intrep- it called? The Intrepid Rogue's Manual of Deception. I love that. And it, I do love the title. It's really and, cool. And Phil Smith's designed it. It's being printed through uh, Steve Harrison's uh, Harrison Press. Uh, great quality. The book should hit... Uh, April 12th and start going out. It's uh, 225 pages, 14 routines, one um, one uh, billet switch, uh, and then eight essays. Wow. And, and I really think... 
I'm, and the I'm routines, very, very proud of it. Because I don't know, I'm not, I'm not asking this idly just to promote your book, but I'm generally interested. Um, the routines, are they for close-up? Are they for stand-up? The, there's, there's a mixture. Okay. Some of them, I wouldn't say that they're all, uh, like, for instance, Hollywood Squares, I would only do really close-up unless you take the information to do a pre-show. Mm. Um, and then you can do it from stage. But uh, there's, for broadly speaking, there's a mixture. There's a few routines that are only for close-up. Um, and any of it you use any of your st- you're known for certain techniques right, I am, any, I am any... known for propless stuff but most of this is my work with props there is still propless material in there but most of this is, is my work with props and, right. and uh, so it, it's sort of it's sort of a departure from um... and we can grab a hold of it now <coughs> yeah you can grab a hold of it now uh, it's 100 pounds mm-hmm. plus shipping um and it's printed to the same size and dimensions as train tracking. It'll so it'll be, sit nicely on the shelf. Yeah, it'll, it'll sit nicely on the shelf like, next When it. people switch publisher. I do. I hate you, that. You're just where, like, where oh, one book man. is beautiful and the next book is literally just garbage. Or, or just not even not beautiful, but just like from a different series, the different stock, so it looks different. And I, feels different. I am the guy that will go to the bookstore and buy the covers or the books based on matching covers, and then if I don't get all of them, because bookstores rarely have the whole series that you want, I will then go to Amazon or something, and I will find the specific one. In fact, when I was in the States, I bought books, because I'd I'd come over to visit one time, bought uh, George MacDonald Fraser's Flashman, which is an excellent series, um, and then got the rest of them from the UK, just because the print standard was different from the States. Really? So yeah, I do, to answer your question, yes, I do hate that. But yeah, this is is a big deal um, for me, and I'm really, really really proud of the material inside of it Great. and I'm proud of the essays I've, I've taken I feel like I have been really honest Ooh. in a lot of different ways um, with the uh, with the essays so I hope Great. it I hope it goes well I'm sure I'm, I'm confident in the material um, but I, I think uh, and, and I've kept this super quiet because next you'll be telling me it's been tried and tested and you didn't just think it up oh yeah no I would never make such a bold claim <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but the, the thing that I kept this really quiet because I do with train tracking. This wasn't anything intentional, uh-huh. but everyone was so curious about it because I think yeah. mentalism had waited a long time for something like train tracking, and they'd yeah. seen things that seemed like it could be. And so, this, people sort of almost got there with a lot of similar things, like with, with, with things yeah, that yeah. claimed to be that, or kind of were, were sort of sniffing around the edges of it, but they didn't quite. Get there. They, I mean, I often think a lot and of people stop stop thinking too soon, don't they? Yeah, and, and they do. But I know, I know, mentalism has sort of been looking for this mm. for a while. Yeah. Um, and with train tracking, I just sort of said what it was, mm. and I didn't hype it. But that, you know, um, that thread on the cafe—it's one of the most just, viewed threads. I yeah, mean, it's it went absolutely mental. And I think part of that was that as because pe- I, you know, I had my ad copy that I'd written up. Yeah. Um, and then people said, can I see it? And I said, sure. And I Skyped them, mm-hmm. and it was exactly what I said it was. Yeah. And people then, are not used to sometimes, yeah, aren't they? And then they got online and said, yes, it really was any word. Yes, it was in my head. Yes, he did it over the phone. And yes, it yes, freaked it was, me the doubt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and then, and so when people kind of saw that this was what it was cracked up to be, mm-hmm. it went crazy. Yeah. And so with this release, I've been very careful not to really say, oh, it's coming for a year now and building it up. Because yeah. I, I, I didn't hype train tracking, but I think a lot of people looked at it and said, oh, this must be hype. Right. Um, and, and, you know, you see something that just perpetually stays on the top of those threads and whatnot. So um, I just very quietly released it. It's difficult, uh, though. I mean, you've got, to, you've got to understand from Magic Creator's point of view as well. We, understand, we can see you've, you've got to sell the product in that you've got to tell people what's great about it and what it does or whatever. 
but without giving away the secret. So that can be difficult. And I know, you know, you look at, for example, I just really, my, my news this month, sorry to run home. But, no, no, it's, it's um, all right. Um, is Mr. Golden Ball. Mr. Golden Ball. I saw the trailer for that, yeah. by the <laughs> way. Yeah. And I thought, that's classic Ken. <laughs> and only you, only you could create a trailer, a small movie for a product <laughs> that just says everything about me is entertaining. And that's what it does. It, 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 was, it was, I really loved the trailer. And of course, I know the routine. And I've seen the, um, the balls in the bag. Wow, yeah. I, go ahead, jo- insert joke now. But, uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I've seen it and it really is, it's very good. But everything from the top to bottom, the right. standard has been great. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, like you say, it's been, it's, Getting that across without hyping it up. And I was, I spoke to Michael Murray. I said, I need to create a trailer or some kind of video to promote this. Um, what, where, how shall I go? Well, I get loads of performance footage. I've been doing this routine for years. <coughs> I could get all the performance footage together and get somebody edited. And Michael said to me, he said, no, you need to go with what you're, you're, you're known for, which is the witty, sarcasm, Quirky. quirkiness. So I thought, okay, what if I could do and like in, a- And in many ways, your trailer is a send-up. Exactly, the, and that's uh, the point the industry, yeah. of the industry. Yeah. So there's, there's many, many hidden little jokes within the trailer if you've not seen it. Um, one of the things that's been really interesting is a few people have said to me, oh, well, does it have to be offensive and do you have to do jokes about balls and bags? No! You're like, no, but I would advise it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you can do the... I mean, I did the routine on stage and I've done it in, like, comedy clubs a couple of times. I haven't done many comedy clubs, but I've done a couple. And, yeah, you play that stuff up absolutely massively. But I've done this for young people in, in high schools and do inspirational stuff. And the police have allowed you back. <laughs> <laughs> you just make the routine different. If you do it for little kids, oh, I've got obviously. a friend from the States. He does it with a gold, the gold ball, which I, which I provide with it. And he, he calls that the snitch from Harry Potter. Yeah, you know, there you go, the golden lo- snitch. The golden snitch. And he's going to try and locate that. So the presentations, are, you know, all these things. So... Like you say, it's a. Sometimes people are overhyping things. I try and go the other way, where it's almost like I mean, the, the trailer for Ben was like eleven reasons you should not buy my new book. <laughs> yeah, just trying to do but, the but, opposite. You know, and, and, no, I see. Fun. I see what you're saying. The point is that it's substantive. Do you know what I mean? There's mm. actual substance behind yeah, yeah. these things, and so many of the things there's there's no substance. <laughs> do you know what yeah. I mean? But you look so, at you look at people with good track records right. of actually delivering what they say they do. Which, which obviously you do. You've had some great releases, very well received. So the book's available now. Uh, people can grab a hold uh, of that. Yeah, it's it's open for pre-order. Um, you Until can get it through uh, atlasmentalism.com forward slash atlasproductscatalog dot uh, html. Um, and it's Atlas, Yeah, yeah. There you go, <laughs> or, or you can go to my website and there's a section that says um, for, for, for performers and yeah. you, you put in Goldstein. Yeah, uh, and then That's the password. Yeah, and then just actually you have to click the button, otherwise you don't get in there. But yeah, I mean it's it's there. Uh, the book is being printed right now. It's all with the printers, mm-hmm. and it actually comes with the uh, the gimmick for Hollywood Squares, which I really like. Okay. It's a routine that I've been doing for years, um, and part of the reason I did the book is because when I moved to the UK, yeah, I lost my gimmick and I didn't ever reprint one. Oh, so uh, this this is great now. So I'll have a yeah, bunch of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see what the hell that is. That sounds good, mate. Tell us after we start recording. Yeah. Um, and similarly with uh, with Mr. Golden Balls, by the way, it's available. It comes with the bag. It comes with all the balls, the whole routine, video instructions, everything. So many jokes. I know I, so I, I, many jokes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but not all of them have to be dirty. No, some of them can be clean. <laughs> yeah. Clean, like the golden snitch. The golden. <laughs> Come back. Let's uh, let's do Ken guesses. Ken guesses. Ken guesses. So we get ten questions. Essentially, at this point, we've cut him out of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. He's just sitting there. 
tweeting about us. Probably just abuse. That's okay. Hmm. So we have ten questions. I'm thinking of somebody in my mind, a, a, a mentalist, and you've got ten questions in which I can answer yes or no only, and you have to guess who it is. Okay. Uh, American. No. European. Yes. I count British and European. Okay. Okay. It's in Europe. Uh, burn my follow-up question. British. <laughs> yes. Okay. Release material. Yes. Older. Yes. That's five. You're still three. alive. Yes. Four questions remaining, Atlas. Consulted for television. Yes. Had his own television show. Yes. Um, you know who it is? I think so. I'm going to risk it right now and say Burglas. It is David Burglas. And I wanted Burglas two questions ago, which is why I asked. Oh, you had to going. keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm when actually. You, this good. is the game. I'm the best at. You are the best at this. When did you get it? Which one did you get? You think? Oh, I think it could be him. Oh, I, uh, fifth. When I said older. Older. Yeah. 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 That, I thought I was going to get it now. He's done. Yeah. And then, I, and then I followed up with consultant for TV, had his own TV show, right. um, but I just wanted to be So I'm not sure, sure he was an official consultant on the thing I know he consulted Yeah, on. yeah, exactly. And that's... that's, well, that's and, but I watched the hesitation. I thought, yeah. ah, yeah, that's the one. Yep, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm right with it. All but, right, uh, cool. This episode of The Three Mentalist Walked Into a Podcast is sponsored by Flictionary by Steve Hairshine. Flictionary. Raising the bar. Right, well, Luch is still not talking, so we can't do Fight Your Corner, because hmm. obviously that would fail. So Ken and I chatted it over and decided we're going to do the poop scoop section. We have the uh, <laughs> the scoop of the month and the poop of the month. So, so we've, we've already scoop. sort of gone through and decided what our winners and losers were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's start with positivity. Start out with the, uh, the good stuff. And uh, my scoop of the month is Headwired by Alexander Marsh. Great book uh, that Alex has released. I think all of everything I've seen of his has been great. Like he did hybrid mentalism. He did his two envelope test or three envelope test or something it was yeah. called. Two envelope test. Phenomenal. Like just brilliant. Really good stuff. And this was no different. In there he's got one of the most devious and brilliant um, build serial number divinations that I've ever seen. Like for me. Did that's you say what, deviant? Devious. I, I think you said deviant. Well, when we listen to it back, <laughs> we'll find out I'm an idiot. Yeah. yeah. The most devious. Um, Where was your mind now, Ken? <laughs> hey, baby. Uh, that I've ever seen. It's just absolutely brilliant. It's subtle. It's great. The whole book's well written. Well, I, I, think, stuff. I think he comes from a very good position, which is that he actually performs all the time and he's yeah. tested his material. And, those and he doesn't are the guys release whose a lot. Material yeah, exactly. It's, it's always the stuff that you look at and go, that stuff was really, really, really good. Yeah. Uh, and I agree. I think, I think without question, Headwired, Scoop of the Month. And, and this, is, this is the thing. Um, obviously, we talk about Michael Murray's Minds um, yeah. uh, conference, convention. convention yeah. mm-hmm. my, my brain failed me there. Uh, but yeah, we talk about Minds and Alex is lecturing at Mines, and he's one of, the the really, one of the people that I really, really, yeah, I really, really want to go and see. I've never met him in person. Yeah, he's. I mean, really I messaged nice. a few times back and forth, but really I nice really, guy. really want to go and and Smart see that lecture. And slick and, and great. So uh, onto onto more dark things. Poop of the month. Yeah, what's your poop of the month? My poop of the month. Um, I've got to say, um, people have been talking about it. It's a personal thing. 
it's for me it's the Sven part. I just don't get it. Yeah. No, I, I saw it at Blackpool and I expected it to look more professional mm. than it did. For me the It finish, was functional. The function was yeah, fine. It works, but you know But it looks a bit cheap, I thought. Yeah, especially you know, it's a it's a fair price product, which means the people who are gonna to wanna to buy it and use it are gonna probably gonna be doing it in front of people. Because um, what you, what use is it if it's in a drawer? And for me, it's just, like I say, the finishing is not good. My other big thing with it is, is like, to release it, what's really been invented? Like, it's almost like a manufacturer. Like, if Murphy's Magic had released it, I would have gone, okay, fair enough, because they're a manufacturer. Whereas I don't really understand what's been innovated here. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I, I would say that the precision is what they believe the innovation is, but... Mm. I agree. There's there's not a lot of massive creativity that went into it, and he's got different versions now. Uh-huh. That, um, but honestly, I've got I've got one that I've used not of the Sven pad, but I made my own years ago. Um, yeah, yeah. Years ago, and I've I've made it. It was wrapped in leather. Do you know what I mean? It's, it looks it's, great. It looks great. Um, it's never once been caught out. My precision's not as tight as his, but it's never once been caught out. But it's durable. You know what I mean, and that's I think that's my biggest thing, question big mark is, is the durability. If you, want, if you, yeah, the durability and the, how professional it's going to look. You're going to stick that thing in your pocket, or you know, wherever. Yeah, if, if I was, I genuinely think if it went into my jacket pocket and I was doing walk around, it wouldn't last me as long as I needed to. Do you know what I mean? The edges would get crunched and stuff. Whereas this um, this one that I've got, that's this leather bound, it's nice because it's just this little tiny small notebook. Um, and it's got a little elastic band that's built into it that goes over the top. But the, because of the type of leather it is, mm-hmm. um, the edges are never going to get dinged up. Right. You know what I mean, that, and I personally think that that's massively important because if the edges get dinged up and start to it's bend over, then it, it, it won't function like it ought to. And I think you know the Sven, Sven pad's a great idea. I mean, it's been a big, been a great idea for years. Yeah, Cassidy yeah. did a great thing called the Bulldog Deck in one of his. Books. Oh, it's been around for ages. It's been around forever. It's been around for, fact, forever and ever and ever. A great ever. routine. Rather than having to buy that. One, I would say, make your own because you absolutely can. Yeah. But oh, and then but, but then Colin McLeod released a great book um, called This Way Up. Him and Paul Brook. Him, yeah. Uh, this and that's one of the best routines for a Sven type thing. If you want to do that kind of thing, get that and make it yourself. For me, that was kind of a non-purchase for me. I saw the Blackpool. I heard the hype, and I was like, Yeah, why? Like it, for me, it was a. It literally looks a bit like for me, and this is quite harsh, but I, I genuinely feel like this because we talked about people releasing stuff for the sake of releasing stuff in terms of ebooks earlier. Mm. This feels like someone just said, "Oh, I can." There's a release. hole in the market. I can make. There's this a hole in the market. I can just make this and sell it. Through, and I wouldn't mind so much if there was an innovation. But for me, nothing's been invented. Nothing's been created. It's just like you've learned how to cut paper. Well. That's what a printer does. So for me, that's my poop of the month. Yeah, see, I, I really, to go back to the uh, the scoop of the month, mm-hmm. uh, Mark Shortland's Amazeballs. That, you see, for me, that should have won product of the year. Why that didn't, I've got absolutely no idea. It's one of the best products I've seen for years. Now I'm product of the year. Product for years. I think I think the difference is, because I think, uh, unfortunately for you, your poop of the month won product of the year. Yeah. Um, and I think that probably the appeal of that is that there are more people that are going to be able to do close-up and, and right. it's got a greater range of accessibility than something like the Amazebox, which is, you know, for a parlor or maybe a stage um, in, a, in a smaller atmosphere. Um, but I, I think that that's, that's got to be it. The broad, more people can use it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, like, it's almost like a... Yeah, if you if you ask more, you can people, use it you, more frequently too. You, and you've got more people to ask to vote for. Yeah, that and and I think he has different sizes. 
he has different sizes that uh, you know you can take to stage and other things. So it can it can be close up. Anyway, let me just tell you a little a little thing about. And my style of mentalism a second, because my other thing with anything like that, whether you make it yourself or you know, is I don't want to bring the prop which has a list of different things in it. Like if I want to have a choice made from a whole bunch of different cards or whatever, I want to have the audience fill those cards out so they're not supplied by me. Otherwise, really, that's a thing that's prepared. It's a prop. I think it's a bit mental magic for me. Yeah, I think there's... An aspect of creativity that goes in there, but again, I think it comes back to your point of where's the creativity? How does the creativity get yeah. injected? Yeah, yeah. Because you know, you're getting a blank pad of paper. What, what is that? Like, well, I think he provides routines with it as well. That's fine, but it's a blank pad of paper, isn't it? That's what it is. Yeah, and then you can make it yourself. Whereas the Amaze Box, that's a great. Like, there's been innovation there. Something's been creative, invented. That's an incredible piece of ingenuity. Some really good thought in that. Yeah. No, I I agree that. So uh, that would have been. Uh, my, my, my pooper scooper. Well, we could have done Fight Your Corner, but he's still quiet over there. <laughs> Welcome back to True Lies with True Ken and, and Mooch, who is not playing, and uh, Atlas. <laughs> he's still... Okay, um, so uh, here's statement number two from me. Um, I met the Queen of England um, at, the, at a performance where I was... At a, at a, a theatre where I was performing... This sounds convincing the, as you're reading this statement. <laughs> I realise my, my statement here is not very good. Um, I met a queen at a performance where I was performing at the opening of a theatre. So there's brand new theatre and I was performing at the opening and uh, the queen came and opened it and shook my hand. So you shook the queen's hand. I don't consider that necessarily meeting. Meeting the queen. Not did fine. she say, and what's your name, dear? Yes, or, yes. And how did she sound? She, like, she's almost like... Have you seen Spitting Image? No. <laughs> have you not? Okay, uh, it's a UK sort of cult thing. Um, the, she's like a caricature of herself. Hello, dear. Like, she is, like, like very queenie. Did you think for a second maybe it wasn't her? Maybe it was a stunt double? No, I did. I'll tell you why I didn't. Because before they, they before they bring her in, or before she walks in, I'm bring her in, just, just stand her, <laughs> stand her for that old carry her in on, a, <laughs> yeah, on yeah. one of those uh, things on the chair on the, yeah, on the yeah, shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Um, they um, that you get a briefing off her staff. Her people come in and tell her what you can and can't do. It was like a whole. Were you, were you really disappointed that briefing actually just meant talking? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, show me the Queen's briefs, bitch. No. So that's what happened. So she shook your hand. Yes. Did she look at her hand and discuss afterwards? <laughs> no. This she is why I couldn't be the she, Queen. She I couldn't shake any hand she without, sort of just without sniffed instantly it. going... Eh. No, she sort of sniffed it like this. Okay, see, now this is really plausible. And this is, this is a problem because it is plausible. I could believe that you'll have... So what did you perform at the theatre? Um, I was doing a small set as part of the opening of the theatre. It was like a and variety. Did you watch the Queen to see if she clapped or applauded? She didn't say very away. long. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she stayed away. <laughs> <laughs> that that she, made him laugh. <laughs> she, uh, I think if he laughs four times, you have to talk. That should be the deal. All right, deal. Yes, deal. Laugh four times. So, we, she's just shrugging. So, yeah. So, she stayed uh, for a bit. She stayed through my bit. Um, and then she left after some of the, the other bits. It was so like, you, did you rub that into other people's faces? <laughs> no, I didn't. How long was how long was the event in total? Um, well, this was a weird thing because the show was in the evening, but she came in the afternoon, and so she, we did like a special like version of the show, basically like a cut down version of the show. And she left there. halfway through the cut down version. Of the yeah, show. absolutely. See, See, I don't, I don't know that the press would not have. I don't think she can get away with that if she's a queen. I think she has to suffer through <laughs> a lot of. Yeah, I think she has mm-hmm. to. I don't know that a state visit can. 
Ooh, see, you lost me there because I believed for a minute. I thought the queen would show up. This sounds like a function. Supports the arts. Definitely would be there. Yeah. Maybe something she's even interested in. Mm-hmm. But the idea that she left halfway through the show got me. Wasn't a half it, is, I mean, it, it was, it it was is, towards the end. It is your show, so <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the audience do leave halfway through. Uh, all right, so that's that's my statement another, number two. Okay, that's statement number two. Uh, here you go. Um, my statement number two. Okay. I once ran for student body president under the slogan "Atlas appeals to the common man," and in parentheses it said, <laughs> underneath in parentheses it said, "That's you." <laughs> How old were you? When you did that? Uh, I must have been sixteen. Yeah. And which school were you at? Uh, Auburn. Uh, well, Auburn High School. Okay. And um, did you get like how far through the presidential thing did you get? Oh, I went all the way through. So my did you my win? speech. No, I didn't win, but my speech was probably the greatest speech in the history. Because you, you get up there, you run for office, and you've got your posters all over in your little great. campaign. Uh, and I ran for uh, student body vice president. I didn't want to go for president. No, because you're um, not good enough for that, are you? No, no, but I, I wanted vice president. He's uh, the one who gets to sit in the cupboard yeah, exactly. and, eat, I, and I, eat the food. Yeah, he's in charge of the budget for the, for the <laughs> catering. <laughs> uh, boy again, guys. Um, no, but I, uh, my speech... I got up. That pizza delivery got lost en route. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll have to order oh, them again. No, it's okay. I don't need more, guys. I'm full. <laughs> uh, so there's a stage. And then it, the cool thing about Auburn High School is there's a great big um, performance arts auditorium. Uh, and so it was packed with at least 1,200 students. Yeah. And I got up, walked to this little podium on stage. The spotlight was on me. And I said, we all know this is a popularity contest. <laughs> And I just wanted to see where I stood. Thank you. And and that was my speech. Really? I turned out third. Third. That's why I stood. Third most popular. Third, yeah. For the second best role. Well, I was. I was competing against two cheerleaders, so obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously, you had the biggest. Yeah, tits. the ladies. The, no, not at the time. I was hot. I was gorgeous. Were you? Oh yeah, beautiful. But, okay, uh, but the ladies wanted to be them, and then of course the guys wanted to be with, with them, them. So okay. I, I figured third was where I come. But there were like five candidates, so I was right there in the middle. Yeah, you were right in the middle. Okay. I was quite happy with that. Okay, and um, wh- why did you? Why did you want to do that though? Was it literally the popularity contest? No, I just say, I'm not believing this. I do a lot of. Th- do you know what? The bit I don't believe about this is the campaign. I think some of. I think there is some truth in this. But I think the no, whole- there's a hundred percent. That's all true. The campaign poster, everything. Atlas appeals to the common man. That's you. I was that demeaning in high school. Okay. Um, because right. and, and I put it. Oh, this is the best part. I made sure that poster went on the auto shop door, for like all the all the uh, auto workers, all the garage guys. Really? Yeah. Maybe that was why I came in third. Because <laughs> you no, were not. I, I, I do a lot of things just to amuse myself. Yourself. Yeah. And, and uh, that was one of these things. Okay, thank you. You don't look like you buy it. No. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think? Uh, it would actually be really interesting after this to, to honestly, I'm always going to just trust everybody, post on the, uh, on the Magic Cafe on the Three Mentalists Walked Into a Podcast put, um, thread there. Yeah, see, uh, see which one you think let, is true. Let, yeah, just let us know what score you got, because obviously by the time you post there, you'll have heard the answer. But uh, I think, you know, just let us know what your, what your score was, what you thought the truth was and why. That would be really interesting to us. Well, certainly to me. All right, uh, let's uh, end that round and move into round number three. 
Starting from this podcast, we've created two extra features. Um, one was about how to negotiate fees, and the other one was a performance craft feature uh, based on a question we have from one of our listeners around where is it you go to be bad? Where is it you can go to really hone your craft? And so we've taken those two sections and uh, we've put them onto the website at freementalist.com, and they're available to download as an extra bonus to the podcast for just a one-off payment of £1. Yeah, now I want to be clear that all the money from the uh, extra section here goes to help support the uh, the cost of doing the downloads and the travel and all the other things that are associated. Mm-hmm. And we're not trying to make tons of money from this, but we're we do feel to, like... We're just trying yeah, to cover costs here. Yeah, we, we do feel like there's a lot of valuable information, um, things that really I wouldn't be comfortable just essentially just handing out to the competition because there is a lot of competition in the area. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just for just one pound, you can get access to it, and that'll really, uh, you know, some people are more serious than others. If you're more serious, you maybe consider yeah. spending. Yeah, and, and, and some, you know, some of the feedbacks been, I'll make the podcast shorter. This is a way to do that too, in a, in a way that still gives people who want the extra material yeah. the chance. So we we'll hope it. you enjoy that extra piece. Mystery of the month. One of the best things, you know, about doing this is that we get to meet people who listen to the show and we're like, oh, that's really cool, or the people who are enthusiastic about mentalism. Yeah, it's, it's a bit weird because they almost feel like they know you a little bit because <laughs> they've been listening. And we're like, what? Oh, that little thing we do. Okay, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't really know how to take it. But one oh, of the I things- believe you know how to take it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not very nice. Finish him! Is, uh, I can drop in a real finish him there. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. What we can do, um, Thanks. Thanks, Luke. It speaks. Yeah. Once, <laughs> once, once, every, once, once every episode. Just to say, finish him. Which I've been dropping lines all over you this episode. And this is the first one we get. It was really good at Blackpool this year, because we talked about Blackpool just earlier on, um, to meet some people who, uh, who are really enjoying the podcast. And one of the guys we got to meet um, turns out to be a huge fan of you, Atlas, in particular. And uh, you got to he meet... He liked all three of us. Oh, that's nice. So you got to meet up with him, and you have a little funny story about what happened. Yeah, well, he, he wasn't far down the road from me. And I told him, I won't name him here, but I told him we'd laugh about this. Um, but uh, so I, I drive, I, we've probably met halfway, so I drove about an hour to go see him. He drove maybe an hour to see me. Uh, and I get this message that says, it'll be five, ten minutes late, which is no big deal. Uh, I figure we'll be there for another hour and a half, two hours. It's not, not that big of a deal. Um, so I'm, I'm chilling out, waiting for him, and I uh, see him pull up. And he, and he kind of runs up. You could tell he's, he's excited to, to see me and to hang out. And he shakes my hand. And we go in, sit down. And he goes, oh, I've forgotten my wallet. So <laughs> runs out runs out to the parking lot to his car. He's just left a wallet in the car. And um, I'm waiting there for about five minutes. And he comes back in. And he's like pale. And he's sweating. <laughs> oh, no. Do you know what I mean? And he's, he's kind of shaking a little bit. And he's like, what do you want to drink? And I was like, uh, just Pepsi. So he buys my drink. Um, but I notice he's holding his wallet all, all weird. Right. And uh, I take a closer look at him, and it's evident that his arm has recently been shattered. What? <laughs> totally recently been shattered. Um, and, I, and I sit him down, I'm like, hey, buddy. Like what? broken shattered. Yeah. Turns out, two minutes into to seeing me, he tripped and fell in the parking lot and broke his arm oh badly, broke his, broke his wrist badly in four places. <laughs> And, I, and he's, he's, you know, playing it cool because obviously he wanted to hang out and he's mm. suffering through the pain. And I'm clearly concerned for the guy. So I go get him an ice pack. And I'm like, okay, I know there's something seriously wrong. You're not fooling me. He's like, no, no, it's just a scratch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in pieces. Yeah, exactly. It's like there's, it's there's an S-bend in the middle yeah, of the... Yeah. Like the wrist has moved over three inches to the left and slightly <laughs> oh, higher. You know what I mean, it's not right. Um, and I'm expecting, you know, so eventually we, we talk for a bit, but I, I get him to do you know, the, the right thing for himself and he's going to go see, you know, go to the A&E. I would have driven him there, but he refused. Uh, and so 
I, I kind of walk him out to his car, and he was he was super nice, lovely, and, lovely and I told guy. him I told him we will laugh about this. Don't be embarrassed. We'll all be fine. We'll, we'll laugh about this at some point. We'll look back on this friendship and In say, "Hey, you thousands remember, of people." Yeah, 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 you remember? Yeah, well, obviously now, but you remember that time that uh, that we went and hung out, and the first thing you did was break your wrist. <laughs> so we go into the parking lot though, and I'm expecting because he took a tumble, and I said, "How did it happen?" He's like, "I don't know." Uh, so I'm expecting it to be like poorly lit. And potholes oh, everywhere. Yeah. We get out there. It's bright as day, and the and the, and the asphalt is like a sea of glass. <laughs> I have no, yeah, I have no idea. It's flawless. <laughs> it's like it had been done yesterday. I have no idea. The immaculate breakage. Yeah. Brilliant. So that's the mystery of the month. And uh, the question is, how did our listener break himself? Yeah. <laughs> how, how did how did he trip and fall? <laughs> For this episode of the Three Mentalist Walk It With podcast, we'd like to make a massive shout out to uh, Marcus Phil, Sarah Scott, Ian Christian, and Joel Klein for their donations to the Three Mentalist very podcast. Generous. Very, very, generous. very generous. Thank you. It does help us to cover some of our costs for things like my train fare and all the things that cost in terms of hosting every episode. Your hair gel. My hair gel. Yeah, but what you could remember the is. private jet. <laughs> The bitches and hoes, the cocaine. <laughs> but what you can remember is every time you download this, we're paying to host this. So every time you download it, that does cost us. So we really do appreciate your uh, your contributions, no matter how small or in fact large. And talking of large, huge thank you to Joel. Um, he's set up a recurring monthly payment. Yeah. Um, very, to, from very from generous. his PayPal, and you can do that if you if that kind of thing you'd like to do, we'd really appreciate it. He set up a, a a nice amount each month to come to us to help support the podcast just by setting up a regular payment to go to uh, to PayPal at. My, uh, PayPal at mentalunderground.com is, uh, is where it goes to. Uh, so uh, thank you very much for doing that, and I uh, really, really appreciate all of your support. This episode of the Three Mentalist Walked Into a Podcast is sponsored by Steve Hairsign's Flictionary. Proof that you can have a successful release without it going to your head. All right, we're back, Ken Guesses, which means now Atlas is thinking of a mentalist who I'm hoping I've heard of. I've got ten questions which he can only answer yes or no to, and I've got to try and guess who it is. So, uh, British? No. American? Yes. That's two. Um, uh, Has released material? Yes. Still living? Yes. Member of the PEA. Yes. Um, hmm. Five questions left. Yeah. How do I narrow this down? Don't uh, know. Six no. questions. Asshole! <laughs> 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 um, uh, my sixth question is... Older. Yes. TV consultant? Yes. Full-time performer? Yes. Two questions left. Known for PK effects? No. Shit. Last question. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm going (laughs) to lose. Is it bloody anybody I've really stuck to these questions badly haven't I uh, <laughs> balls um, has a distinct character when they perform 
Uh, I, I don't know, honestly. I think yes. Full-time performer has released stuff. I've got no more questions. I've got to guess. Um, full-time performer has released stuff. Um, is it Ted Komilovich? No. Oh, Bob Cassidy. Don't! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you win. And uh, Luch stays in silence. You lose, Luch. In fact, we're oh, both thanks, winners. Look, look, eat. Seems like he wants to play. <laughs> Want to go first this time? Just for a bit of variety? Yep, here we go. Uh, this, is, this is a good one. Okay. I once set fire to a hayfield on purpose <laughs> just to find a friend of mine during a game of hide and seek. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where was this hayfield? Uh, it was in Idaho. It was? Yeah. And what did you use to light the fire? A zippo that I had gotten that I probably shouldn't have been allowed to have. Why did you have that? Did you, you never smoked or anything, did you? No, no, I never smoked, but the allure of fire. and the, the, what, what was cool was, at the time, butterfly knives weren't illegal. Um, and my what, friend... What, wasn't? Butterfly knives, the ones that you can flick. A flick knife, okay. Um, and so, uh, Tyson was his name. He had a couple flick knives, and we played with those, and we were learning like little different flick knife things. Okay. Um, but then he got a Zippo. It was actually his Zippo that I had kind of appropriated for myself. But if you squeeze the top and bottom of a Zippo, it flips open. Yes. Do you know what I mean? You can do it in a bunch of different ways. Yeah. So you can do the flick and then the light off your wrist. So it was, it was sort of cool an extension of the butterfly knife thing. Um, but so we, had, we had been playing uh, hide and seek in this field. And the hay was pretty tall. But um, How tall was the hay? T- oh, tall it, than you. it wasn't tall, tall. But it was maybe... Did you have feet. to lie down to hide in it? Yeah. yeah. So he, okay. he was... I don't think he lied down, but I think he was squatted down. Okay. Um, but he was... We'd sort of... We'd been there for a week, and we'd stamped a maze into the hayfield. Okay. Um, and he said, you have to find me by staying in, in the, the, maze. the maze. You know, you can't... You, there are no other rules, but that you can't depart from the maze that we'd made. And so he just hid. And I thought, it would have been at least... It felt like an hour, but it was probably only ten minutes of me searching, which is a long time when your friend's telling you yeah, right. that you're an idiot. And you can hear him five feet over, do you know what I mean? But you can't find him because you don't know the maze. So it's in a maze. So I went as close as I could to him... And then thought, ah, bright idea. <laughs> I'll light the Zippo. Oh, my God. Um, and so I set fire to the thing, and he came scampering out as quick as possible. <laughs> um, did you go, found ya? Yeah, and I was just yelling, Tyson, Tyson, help me set this out. Um, but that is not what happened. It, uh, it set fire. But it was... I don't. I didn't get in any trouble. Did you, did you take responsibility for it? Or was it a police thing? Involved? Of course, I, I owned up to it. Oh. Um, but it was... It was sort of a hayfield that was attached to a sandlot, so it wasn't. It wasn't it was like isolated. anything that could. Yeah, it wasn't anything that could spread. Um, How old were you? The farmer did. The farmer was pissed. He was like, yeah, "That was a hundred dollars worth of hay," um, and I, I think my parents paid him. Uh, I was only like twelve at the time. So. Okay. Would you do it again? In the same circumstances? No, no, no. I mean, obviously, I can see now that it was a bad idea. All <laughs> these things that thought, like, oh, I'll smoke him out. Do you know what I mean? And I thought that was a, okay. a good plan. It's a pretty funny story. I'm not sure I'll 100% buy it, but okay. All right, my statement. Okay. Um, I was a gymnast at school, but I stopped because of a knee injury. Oh, I believe you would be into the gymnast stuff. <laughs> men in tights and leotards. We're men. Yeah. We're men in tights. Tight tights. Uh, yeah. No, I, I can... 
Really, Luch? <laughs> Nothing. I mean, I can see... He's looking I, at my cross. See, yeah, he's he, looking at my cross. Yeah, but you can see he wants to say something. Do you know what I mean? It's like a dog peeking out a window. Who said... Master's home. It's, it's just... Okay. Um, so, gymnast. How old were you? Uh, my recollection of time is not very good. I was in middle school. I know that. Wow. Okay. Middle school-ish. And how did you hurt your knee? Um, I... How did I hurt my knee the first time? I think it was probably... So my... In fact, it will have been my friend Brian, who lived across the road from me when I was growing up, um, and I used to play in my garage, which is a garage to you. And um, my parents were changing all the doors in our house when we first moved in. You can stop. I can tell this is a lie. Let's move on. Do you think? Oh, I'm positive (laughs) that this is a lie. Good. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and call that one. It's like Babe Ruth calling a shot. That cannot be true. Okay. You and a friend? So I know, continue. I'm just, I'll, I'll let you keep on with your lie, but I don't buy any of this. Okay. So, You're going to have to up your game, is what I'm saying. All right, thanks. Um, Brian and I were playing in, in, the, in my garage, and. Um, playing what? Nurse? Doctor? <laughs> <laughs> touch me there! Touch me there! And. Um, and we, my parents were busy changing the doors in our house, and we just moved in the house not long, and so we're changing all the doors. So all the old doors that they were moving out were just in the garage. So we lay one on its side. A weird detail, but go on. We on its side, and we were swing. We tied a, a, a rope to the, the weird detail is important because we tied a rope across the top of the garage on the, on the, on the rafters along the top, and Brian swung over the over the door, which is lying on its sort of horizontal end. And he, he flipped over and he was fine. I swung back and went, and I thought I made it, but when I landed, I landed all weird, and I ended up doing something to my knee. Which and knee? My left knee. You did just reach and touch your left knee beforehand. Oh. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to buy it, but I don't believe that you and a boyfriend named Brian mm-hmm. were in a garage together, and you hurt your knees. <laughs> <laughs> Do acrobatics. I mean, it's yeah. just it's just too perfect. Yeah, yeah. We used, we did all kind of things with our garage. We yeah, we, it, it. we turned it, <laughs> we turned it into like a little theater. We put a like we had Didn't like your dad ever want to use the car and just park the car. There? He he parked the car out. Like we did this during the day, and my dad was out of work. My dad had two jobs, and uh, so we had like all the uh, all the decorating sheets because we just moved in, and we'd hang them up on on like bits of clothesline and have like our own little theater and like put on you know little plays. You were camp ever since you were little, weren't you? Yeah, that's pretty. Does Brian since come out? <laughs> <laughs> Not of the garage. Not of the garage. He's buried there now. <laughs> yeah, that's my statement number two. Like to flick your dictionary? Check out Steve Harrison's Flictionary. Tales from the trenches. Right. So, tales from the trenches. Uh, Ken. I understand that you had an interesting bit of feedback this, uh, yeah, this last so month. this was interesting. Uh, and we're going to talk about feedback in a second. This will lead us nicely into talking about feedback, how to take feedback, how to gather feedback, how to use feedback. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, so I, uh, I performed at the South Tyneside International Magic Festival uh, this year. And in the Saturday night gala show, probably... And so Monday comes around, and I get a phone call from my assistant to say, yeah, we've had a phone call from this guy who wanted to give some feedback. We don't want to offend anyone, so I think when you use the phrasing, maybe you say, cheesy rice. (laughs) No. (laughs) 
fucking suck it. If that's going to offend you, you shouldn't be listening to the freaking podcast. So, um, or, or you need to grow a pair of balls and live in the real world, right? <laughs> I mean, cheesy rice, cheesy rice. Um, uh, so, I, so my assistant, trying not to laugh, says, uh, "So you said you were a very accomplished performer, very enjoyed your performance, but it was really." And this spoiled. is after South Tyneside. After South Tyneside, okay. on, on the Monday after. But it was really spoiled by the fact that I said Jesus Christ on stage. How very dare I? So and he didn't say how very dare I, but but you know the fact that I'd said Jesus Christ on stage, and so I was like, what? Like first of all, I didn't realise I had a one eight hundred number friggin' feedback hotline because I don't. So you you paid for this call? I paid for this call, <laughs> right? Um, I'll, I'm going to keep calling in. <laughs> And, uh, and secondly, I was like, wow. So, um, first of all, I think, I, I was like, what? And I'm still in the same mindset as I was at the time. I was like, one, I didn't ask for his feedback because the thing with feedback is, it's uh, opinions, as somebody once said to me, opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got, got one. And right? they're all stinky. <laughs> yeah, they're all stinky, right? It's true. So for me, whenever you get feedback, everybody's willing to give you feedback. Everybody. I like this. I didn't like it when you did that. My mum, for example, doesn't like certain things that I do on my show. She likes other things to do on my show. She wishes I would do more of this and less of that and blah. Everyone's got it. What you've got to remember is you're doing your show because not only for the money, but it's actually about you. Mm. It's about you doing the type of material, the type of experience, the type of show that you want to do. And you have to work out. And I was told this really early on from a mentor of mine. Listen to the opinions, listen to the feedback, and then decide whether you want to value it and take heed and do something about it, or if you don't want to do that. And for me, am I going to take the phrase Jesus Christ out of my show? No, because I get that feedback from a magic convention, which is not my core market. I do it for the fun. They don't pay very well, but I go along. I want to give back to our art, and that's great. But I've been performing for corporations, luxury cruise lines, all this sort of stuff, and and parties, and private parties, for the last 13 years of my life. Has anybody ever... Have you got that feedback? Have I ever had that feedback before? No. Has anybody ever come back and said, I find that offensive? No. So I listen to the people who serve me. Let me me play devil's advocate here and just say, what if the world is changing around you? Do you think... You know, maybe that's maybe that's it. Maybe people are more sensitive about things. People feel like they have a right to be offended. Do you think that you would take that on board if it hurt your ability to be commercial? If it was affecting my marketplace, and, and, and yes. how would you know? How would you know? So if it was starting to affect my marketplace, if I was starting to get feedback through the agents and event companies I work through, they're very quick to give you feedback. Um, If clients were coming to me saying, oh, we loved your show, by the way, you shouldn't have said that, you might have upset John in accounts or whatever. If I was starting to hear that from people who matter... Uh And you didn't get that with the wonky-eyed midget story. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to episode one if you're a little bit lost on that one. No. You know, and so when it starts affecting those people, but also there's a market for everybody. So at some point you have to work out how attached to that you are as an artist right. as well. And, and, how, and really what you want to communicate. And that's, that's a section that I, uh, one of my essays in the book, oh, really? in the new book. Do we, have we talked about the book yet? Maybe we'll pretend that we haven't talked about the book yet. Um, <laughs> Leave this conversation in. No, no, we, we did. Um, but that's one of the essays in there is, um, is about deciding what you want to communicate and how to not make a mess of your message is what it's called. Don't make a mess of your message. Um, and, and that looks at what it is artistically that you're trying to say. Um, not every show has to have an artistic message, but if you're, if you're feeling like 
Yeah, actually, that's something that I feel is important to my character and important to me yeah. enough to take a stand on. Yeah. Then I, I can understand taking a stand on it. Yeah. And there are going to be people. I think, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of like-minded people out there. Right. And I, I think and there the are people that will agree with that. the way that I deliver it in my show is actually critical to my character. There's a moment when my character loses control of the scenario. And for such, such a controlling character, that's an important moment. And the only phrase that works, the only phrase that I can get the laugh and the, the atmosphere that I want is going, oh, Jesus Christ. That's how it's delivered. It's a frustrated, I've lost control. And, and it's almost a plea to someone up, upstairs to, right. to make it better. To make it better. And I look off on the wings and go, why me? You know, you, know, you said they were going to be good. You said they were going to be smart. And you've given me him. So what you're saying is it's got contextual uh, Absolutely. application as well. And then I have to ask myself... Is the opinion of this person from that audience at a magic convention, where's the value in that? Is that going to help me grow in the markets that I'm working? And the answer in this scenario was no. Yeah. Whereas back when I was 18, 19 years old, still discovering what I was doing, and I wanted to be the rude, uh, obnoxious, offensive mind reader, I would get feedback from people saying, I think you went too far here, I think you over went the too top. far, a bit over the top. But, so what I hear and you I would saying, then say, sorry to interrupt. That's okay. Sorry to finish off what I was saying before you interrupted. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> I was going to say, kidding. you didn't interrupt. I, do you I'm, know I'm what doing, interrupt I'm, means, Ken? Yes, I do. Yeah, what? <laughs> um, then you have to decide. You have to decide if you want to do something about it. So I, yes, I wanted to be the offensive guy, but I also wanted to work corporate because I like the environments that I was performing on. I like the big corporate set behind me with a big screen. That's what I enjoy in corporate banqueting rooms. So then I was realizing that my style was going to limit that, and which and I had to make a decision. I had to decide: is my style more important to me, or is the is the environment that I'm working in? I have to choose one of those things, and I chose the environment. So I cleaned the act right up. You can still dance up to that line. Exactly. So I play up to the line, but I'm always very aware but, of the But line. you know where your line Whereas is. Whereas my character before was actually all about getting over the line as quickly as possible mm. and making every joke about that sharp intake of breath from the audience going, <gasps> that's quite, what it used to be about. Close to the Whereas brain. now, not at all. You, you can't, I, I always say, you can't be offended by, offended by my, my show. So what, what I hear you saying... Um, which I think is quite interesting, is that earlier on, you'd probably have taken it on board. Yeah. But now that you're quite comfortable and satisfied with your character, with the performance, with what in you are going through and doing... for the market. It's easier for you to look at things and say, I agree with this, and I can see where it's coming from, or, no, I disagree entirely, and it's not going to make a blind bit of difference to me. Absolutely. Is, is that... But, yeah. but you feel like that's because you're that. centered in that... Yeah, and, and I grounded think that's a true time now. of doing it. You know, if you do two or three shows a week for 13 years... You're going you're gonna to feel like you know a bit more. Uh, you yeah. understand yourself a little bit more because you've done it a lot. And you've got lots of well, and, money. And you've got, you've got a broader range of audiences that you've worked with. Right. Is, is there not a part of you that thinks, well, maybe these guys just aren't telling me how they feel? Yeah, there is always that. You think, and you do think, oh, well, other, other people. For um, every one, you, it's like mice. For every one you see, there's a hundred that you don't or something right. ridiculous exactly. like right. that. So, yes, you do think that. But then until it starts affecting my actual market, the big thing for me in this was he wasn't in my market. Right. So that basically discounted him from the get-go. Right. Now, the other point of this, the other side of that, of course, that, that issue parked, is let's, th let's think about when we give feedback. Whenever we give feedback, it's important for us to ask permission. 
Because unless somebody comes up to us and says, hey, can I get some feedback on my show? What did you think of my show? Unless they do that, you have no right or place to offer that feedback. If you feel like you want to, you can go to a person and say, hey, I've got some feedback on your show. Do you want to hear it? If they grant you permission, then give the feedback. But to force your opinions on somebody else, I mean, I don't know if this person who complained is a theatre director or a a a full-time professional magician or if they're a guy who's a carpenter who does an Elmsley count quite well. Mm -hmm. I don't know where they're at because... I thought you were going to say a carpenter who does water into wine. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Contextually, it wouldn't work. I think you missed missed a chance there. It was good. So you don't think, by virtue of having paid to attend a performance, that anyone is entitled to a right to an opinion? Absolutely you do not. Think you th- no, they're not. Oh, really? No. So I can go and see a movie right. and not come out afterwards and say, that sucked, or that was quite good. Right. So that's, Okay, so this is the line, okay? But I, but I do not take my opinion and go and... So, you don't go to the director? Yeah, I don't. Well, I would love to in so many cases. <laughs> yeah, there's a I certain movie yeah. at the moment we'd love to do it with, right? But, um, no... Because um, your opinion counts as you as an audience member, but does it... Okay, I'm finding it really difficult to to communicate this. Sorry, and I'm I'm playing devil's advocate here. And I really enjoy it. I'm enjoying it. If my market was these magicians, Mm. and I was asking for feedback, yes. But one, you don't know if I'm ready for feedback, if I'm open to feedback. Because for all you know, I might have been working some brand new material, but I'm happy enough with the feedback I'm giving myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm not asking for feedback, and there could be a billion different reasons for that. Secondly, are you in the marketplace? And thirdly, are you qualified? Is the person giving you feedback right. qualified? Now, some audience members are qualified. Some audience members are not qualified. And you have to just look at that person as an individual and say, do I think this person's qualified to give me feedback? Uh, and, you don't, you don't think yes you come no. across as fragile or precious here? I mean, what's wrong with listening to whatever anyone has to say? Oh, you do listen. And then just deciding, is there merit in that and finding... Because don't you think that maybe, even if you don't think they're qualified to give you feedback, mm-hmm. don't you think that by listening, you can find some glimmer of, of usefulness in something? Even if you discard most of it, you don't you think can, maybe you can. there's... And that goes back to my original point, which is... When you get the feedback, which is pushed or sometimes forced upon you, you have to make the decision whether you're going to do something with that based on whether they're qualified or whether you agree with the statement. I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I mean, obviously, I've gotten feedback on my Penguin lecture that I don't care much about. (laughs) (laughs) Not a lot of that. No, no, yeah. No, actually, it's been overwhelmingly positive. But uh, there's one or two things I look at and I think, ah, spelling wasn't really very, no punctuation. Do I really think you're educated? Were you you my audience here? It's that kind of thing, right? Or did you just happen to stumble across? With no disrespect to janitors, actually, I have a friend who's a janitor. So with no disrespect to janitors, but if you've got a corporation and you're... Uh, you're performing at the, at the conference sales event, but the janitor has also been inv- invited along. And everybody in the room, all the sales force who you're performing for, love your show. There's a standing ovation. They love it. But the janitor comes along afterwards and says, some of that stuff you said was a little bit too highbrow. I think you should make it less smart. Are you going to listen to the janitor's opinion? To take something highbrow for the highbrow audience and drop it to the lowbrow audience. For that one no, person. No, but no. that's not what I'm arguing. I, I'm arguing that maybe it's, I mean, because that's my point is you said the janitor wouldn't have a right unless you asked for his opinion right. to give you the opinion. That's correct. I think as long as they've paid, they can give you the opinion. It's up to you to decide no. is there a he glimmer can have of truth an opinion. in there? He can have an opinion. <laughs> but you just don't want to hear it. 
But if I want it, if I want feedback, I'm going to ask for the feedback. This is interesting. You and I are actually at loggerheads and so we agree. <laughs> it's, it's so much. But I think everyone yeah. has a right to. They can to have voice an opinion. Their opinion. Yeah, I don't think can. they have a right to call you up on your paid, you know, you 800 number that you pay for right. and give give you that opinion. But I think if anyone wants to tell me something, I'm always open to listening to it and then thinking about whether I agree with it or not agree mm, with it. Okay. Because no, I, I, I think I think if you... But that's if you, you but, but if they come to you and say, hey, can I give you my opinion? And you say, yes, you've got a permission. But otherwise, at the end of my show, I will be, you know, I can either say, hey, you know, if I think, oh, this person looks like smart. and blah, What blah, did blah. you think? What did you think? Was everything mm-hmm. okay for you? To be honest, after my shows, I want opinions. Like, after the show, I'll come off and say, hey, was everything okay for you? I go to the organizer or the chief executive, whoever, as many people who are in, important in that room. In terms oh, yeah, of, I, I will do the same thing. I always ask them. Just make sure. Yeah, but... What I don't want is some guy coming up to be throwing his opinion at me unless I can say, hey, I'd love to hear your opinion. Like, so I just how, think it's how about do you survive on Facebook? What do you mean? Facebook, all it is is people posting their opinions. Yeah, have you noticed how rarely I post on, on Facebook? That's true. I've cleaned up my feed so that there's, like, yeah. nobody that I'm so, following. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying, but I think if someone is paid... They, they have the right to say something. That, you're talking and you about have individual. the right to decide and, and to ignore it or to okay, take it on. You're right. If they've paid, sorry, I'm, mis- I'm misunderstanding something here. So, okay, let me just clean something up here. I'm talking about co- corporate events. So the person who's paid me can give me their is, opinion. Yeah, is your, and if that's I'm your booker. A, right, right. If I'm selling a theatre show, each person who's paid... And yeah, that's what I'm talking they about. They have a right okay. to an opinion. Of right. course they do. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, that was just a mis... No, no, it's, it's totally fine. I just... Uh, this has been a really interesting conversation. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and is it because I'm too fragile and I can't take the feedback? No, sometimes? I don't think so. Maybe I think I you're. Know. I think you're pretty resilient. And I think you're pretty self-deprecating. You're always able to look at something and go, "I agree with that," or "I don't agree with that," right. and you'll you'll hold your ground yeah. because you have a well considered opinion on something. So you might say, "Oh, I, I know that you didn't think this point was right." I, I'm sure if your assistant hadn't talked to the guy and you had, you said, "Okay, I'm. Op- you know, this is why I did that piece, and I think it's really essential." What would you maybe have suggested doing in that place? Because if you can't think of something better, I'll stick with what I meant. Right. Do you know what I mean? But I, I think you or could I would have, have just said, well, you know this Jesus guy? He's just living in his dad's shadow. He's only famous because of who his dad is. Ooh, you put him <laughs> as a Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for a really great, innovative new book test, check out Steve Hairsign's new release, Flictionary, sponsoring this episode of The Three Mentalist Walked Into a Podcast. Round number four of True Lies and my next statement for Atlas. Uh, so far we've had three each. We've done three each, right? Yeah. Okay. You when number four. That's why you started it by saying this is round number four. Oh, that's, that's how math works. Okay, good. Um, when, is that how math works? <laughs> you couldn't even make this sense. <laughs> when performing on a luxury cruise ship... Cruise ship. Cruise ship. <laughs> My goodness, what's going on? It's when almost performing... like you need an editor even for your statements. <laughs> when performing on a luxury cruise ship, I walked out on stage to see Cliff Richard sitting in the front row. I made some references to him during the show, but it turns out Americans haven't even heard of him. But Cliff knew who he was. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Presumably. Yeah. So, uh, so he just yeah, took no it like, like, he took it like a charm and everyone around was going, well, no, some Brits Cliff and some Aussie. Yeah. Cliff, and then they're all going... Summer holiday? Well, yeah, yeah, it was really awkward, so I've quickly well. Okay, so what was the cruise line? It was on a Seabourn. So it's a Seabourn ship, very small cruise ship. Uh, was Cliff performing? 
No, he was there as a guest, but he did end up performing because he saw the quality of the band who were on there. And he the, saw the quality of your act and was like, I can do <laughs> I better. Can do better. <laughs> and, he, and he said to the cruise director, actually, the band are really good because on some cruise ships, the bands aren't so hot. And he said, I'd like to do a set for the guests. And the cruise director was like, of course, you're Cliff Richard. You can do a set. Okay, so uh, he was right there front row. No, he was... Second row or something like that wasn't. So it? how did you spot him? Was it just random uh, and, and well, no, or did you very know small room. It's a really small room. So you knew beforehand Cliff Richard was going to be there. No, right? I didn't actually. I mean, it's the kind of thing I don't know why. Maybe they're not allowed to tell people. I don't know if there's like VVIPs or something like that. But I get on there and I'm looking at this guy and it's bloody Cliff Richard sitting next to the center aisle because when you walk on the stage, you sort of walk from the back through the middle and to the front. And you, actually, it's not really a stage either. I should mention. And there's a stage with a band on behind me. And then there's the, the dance floor. We'd actually perform on the sort of the dance so floor. So there was a band on. No, the band oh, weren't on. That, okay. like, the, the curtains were closed behind me with the screen. So at what point, this is what I'm trying to get at, at what point did you realize that's Cliff Richard? In I, the middle of the show? No, the near the, show, near the beginning, because I'm doing my opening lines and I'm having a bit of chat with people and looking and I'm doing, I'm not sure if it was during my opening little line, like my first initial statements, or like when I start doing my opening routine where I actually start involving three different people at three different points in the, in the audience. But yeah, during that bit. How large did you say the audience was? How many people? Oh, um, the room probably holds about 150 to 160 people. It was probably full because I think, yeah, because we only do one show on that show. So the show biggest too. group you've ever performed ever before. in my life. It was it was like an arena to me. <laughs> uh, and Cliff Richard. So what did you say to Cliff Richard? To Sir Cliff, actually, isn't it? To, so, oh, it might be Sir Cliff. Um, oh, I just made. I, I didn't actually say anything to him because I thought I felt a bit intimidated. Like I believe Cliff Richard sitting right there, and he, like, obviously he's got this kind of glow about him. And, and was, I don't know. You said. At the start, you said you spoke to him. No, I made some references about him. So uh, during the that's show, that's not what you said earlier. In fact, read your statement, please. I said um, uh, I made some references to him. I did make references to him, not at him, but let's, like. Let's read the statement again, though. I want to hear it one more time. Okay. What your claim is? All right. When performing on a luxury cruise ship, I walked out on stage to see Cliff Richard sitting in the second row. I met. I did say second row there. I made some references to him, but it turns out that Americans haven't heard of him. So I kept saying things so you kept like making references to Clifford. Yeah. Right, so but... like, uh, oh, you're not on a summer holiday and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Right, well, actually, I think enough. it was probably just summer holiday. Uh, did right. you meet him afterwards? No. Did he speak to you at all? No. So <laughs> I he, never saw him again. He basically <laughs> avoided me. You. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I, I buy that someone who has met you would ignore you. <laughs> uh, right, here we go. Number four for me. Okay. <clears throat> this is really hard, isn't it? It is a great game. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Fair. <laughs> go. Um, I once, in front of the principal, led a student revolution against the janitorial staff at high school. <laughs> I can believe it, yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, that one's true. <laughs> that's, the, that's a doozy, yeah. Um, so what was the revolution about? Um, it, I, had I don't a, believe you. I had a zero-hour Algebra 3-4 trig class that I had put oh. off until my senior year. A zero-hour? Yeah, so it means that during school, growing up, you had six, they called them six periods, um, but there was an early morning one that you could do as well if you needed to take an extra class to get more credits. Okay. And I'd put off math because I was rubbish at it. Mm -hmm. um, I'd put it off sort of until the last year of high school. And if I didn't pass this class, I would not graduate from school. So I took it with my little sister, mm. who was um, a toffee-nosed, do-gooder, uh. do you know what I mean? Loved homework kind of stuff. And I would, I would ask her, as I'd drive to school, and I'd say, quick, what are the theorems I need to know for the test? Okay. And I'd memorize them and 
pass it. But I would always just, first of all, I was always late to class. Yeah. And secondly, I just slept through it because I'm not a morning guy particularly okay. at all. Okay. Um, so about the fifth time in two weeks I was late for class, mm. and I wasn't just a little bit late, I was like 15 minutes late. Okay. Uh, the teacher said to me, if you're late again, I'll give you detention. Mm. And I, it didn't frighten me. I was almost 18. I was like, whatever. I went, ooh. And I did. I just you know, put my hands in my face and went, ooh. And he goes, fine, Saturday school. Now, that was a different matter entirely. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, right. Can well, they I, do that in America? Do Saturday school? Yeah, yeah. They totally can. Oh, we can't do that because they just won't open the building. Yeah, no, they, they can and they What's do. What's this got to do with the janitorial department? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. So, um, Lots of detail. Lots of detail here. One Lie. time. So after this. After Liar. This, after this, I parked out in the street. He's blushing. And legged it through the, because uh, I had maybe. So there were two ways to go. There was, there was once I'd parked the car, I could either walk through the parking lot and go inside the school, up the stairs, because it was upstairs on an outside portion of the quad there. So I went inside the school, up the stairs, and then through a set of double doors that went out onto this balcony okay. that linked up to the thing. Or I could go through the parking lot, out across the grass, and up the stairs there. But it was longer. It was a longer route, plus it was a cold morning. And being, so, you know, being a tubby guy, you want to take the short route, right? I keep telling you, in high school, I you was were a stud. God. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay. Um, so I, I legged it through, and I went inside, up the stairs. And as I, as I went down the hallway, I could see there was a group of people there. Okay. Um, and this group of people, it was just right where the, where the thing dog leg left. And I would turn left, go through this set of double doors, and then my classroom was literally on the other side. And the clock there was up on the wall, okay. and I had thirty seconds. And my, and you know, I get there, and someone had broken the glass on the outside of the door, trying to break into the inside of the school. So they shattered the glass. The janitor was stood there with the principal, and there was broken glass all over the floor. And I, and there was a great big crowd of kids. And I looked down at my shoes, and I, I looked up at the clock. I had maybe twenty seconds now, and the door is maybe ten feet away. And you gotta run. I can do it. Um, and so I look at it, and I, look, and I was wearing great big old Doc Martens, and they've got the big inch-thick yeah. rubber soles. So I was like, ah, I don't have time to go around now, and I don't want Saturday school. And this teacher, he was going to give it to me. Do you know what I mean? He was yeah. no question he would have given me Saturday school. So I took a deep breath, and I started crunching my way across the class. <laughs> and I get to the door, and the janitor just looks at me in pure astonishment and says, what are you doing, you stupid kid? And he was stood right next to the principal, now, I was not going to let that slide, mm. and I had maybe 10 seconds now to give him the most withering, on-point put-down I ever could, and I said, I'm stupid. Look who grew up to be the janitor. <laughs> <laughs> and opened the door and walked across and went into my classroom, and all the other kids behind me followed, and the principal just sort of looked at the guy and just went, <laughs> so that, that, was the, uh, that was the story. Okay, so what's I got to do with a, a... I led the revolution against the janitorial... You know, everyone there was stood around like sheep, but no, I opened the, the floodgates for uh, repressed That students. was a revolution. Well, it's, I think know. that's going to be a lie based on the definition of the word revolution. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, that's clearly mispitched. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. A revolution against the janitorial department. So, actually, what you what you said... You, you just basically misadvertised an e-book. You said, I read a revolution against the janitorial department. What I, actually happened I is literally... you told one janitor to f*** off and, let, and some kids walked past him. That's what happened. Yeah, but I led them. I led them into the promised land. <laughs> they followed land. you. Yeah, they all followed oh, me. man. Okay.
Right, so we, we don't often do this, but occasionally... That's against our personal policy, really. Yeah, really. I mean, but... No, no, I, I think you apologize when you're wrong. And, okay. and here we were quite clearly wrong. Okay. Uh, a few episodes ago, we talked about Norway. Yes. And, and Beautiful country. Yeah, and, and we all sort of voiced our opinion that we knew of no good performers right. in Norway. Yeah. Uh, and that is since been brought to attention. We are completely wrong. Yeah, in fact, um, there's, there's been a there's been a guy who's been out there doing it for yeah, a he's long massive time. Massive Australian fan. Yeah, he's, um, he's he, been doing a lot of great stuff out there. Loads of media coverage, doing a really good job and really properly. good job. And, and you know, for us to say there's no one doing it out there like, that at was this level, yeah, yeah, it was it was totally inaccurate. So we'd like to um, like to severely uh, apologise uh, to Christian Widui. Um, uh, who's doing such a great job in Norway. Norway's probably top performer, I would say. It's Luge Guesses. It's Luge Guesses. Are you ready, Luge? You've got ten questions. Go. Okay. Alive? Yes. British? No. No. American? Yes. So alive and American. Um, Male? No. No. So a female, alive, American. Um... Angela, whatever her name is, for Rick is? I don't know. I can only want to come no. think of. No. Waste of a guess. <sighs> okay. I think um, it should be. I think it should be out once you name the person. Yeah. So we'll let you off this time, okay. but in the yeah. future. Uh, would you say that she was attractive? Yes. Wow. Shows my knowledge of female American <laughs> live <laughs> mentalists. So, but Ken did find her attractive, so she has to look like a dude. That's not nice Um, Releases material to the community No No. How many questions are we at now? Seven Seven. Performs on national television Maybe Has Does Maybe not Probably Local for sure National I don't know I have absolutely no idea. How many more questions have I got? Two. Two. Uh, lectures, maybe? Do any lectures? Don't. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, because of that yes. recently. Hmm. No, nope. no idea. Given up? Yeah. It was Tessa Everson. Oh. Round number five of, uh, what's this called? True Lies. True Lies. True Lies. True Lies. Okay. Uh, statement number five, Atlas. Oh, you want me to go? Sure. Okay. Uh, I own the high score on a game of Miss Pac-Man that has not yet been beaten. On what? On a game of Miss Pac-Man, an arcade oh, game. Okay. You own the high score. And I check periodically to ensure that I still own the high score. Uh, what is your high score? It's 133,529. Okay. One hundred and thirty-three three five two nine. Five two nine. Okay, you're um, gonna ask me this in ten minutes. Yeah, of course I am. <laughs> um, why miss Pac-Man and not Pac-Man? Um, that's a good question. First of all, <laughs> the Pac-Man score I knew I could never touch. Right. But I because only Pac-Man. girls play Miss Pac-Man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So I how figured... many friends have you played the game with? I've never played the two-player one. No. I've only played the one-player one. So can you play a... multiplayer like six or I eight people? I don't think you can. No. I mean, you take turns going back and forth. Okay. So if Miss Pac-Man dies, then the other person gets to play. And over how many different, how many years did you work on this to try and get the score? Uh, 
This was the Godfather's Pizza. It's a flat tabletop Miss Pac-Man game, and there's a lot of different games there. But the Pac-Man and the race one are the big ones up against the wall off to the side. So the Godfather's Pizza has a fireplace and all the tables. Lots of details I don't need to know about. Okay. How many times Um, do you have to play? How, how, How long were you playing for? Uh, I played for probably 40 minutes. You played Pac-Man for 40 minutes? Miss Pac-Man. Okay. Again. <laughs> for 40 minutes. And that was it? Like, you didn't go in for years? No, no. It I wasn't just, like years and years and years? I was, no, I was surprised. But I was always good at Pac-Man. But I could uh, never beat the, the one down at school. Tilt. Oh. Or, and I could never beat the ones at... The, and was it like a little group you tried to beat each other? No. It was... My brother played Zaxxon, which was on there. Okay. And then I played Miss Pac-Man. And okay. I only got the and one are you 40. quite a game kind of person? Do you like games? Uh, I... Like arcade games, but I'm not a huge Nintendo gamer or anything like that. The oldest, the thing that I played last was the Super Nintendo system, okay. and then when it went to the controller for the Nintendo 64, the, I didn't get it. No, that little neither. wheel thing. Yeah, I Terrible. couldn't do it. I couldn't do I'm it. Like, and up, they, down, left, and right. Yeah, and they played Goldeneye. My my brothers played Goldeneye and would always shoot me, and I was like, screw this, I'm done. I'm gonna done. go have real life achievements. Sorry, what was your high score again? One hundred thirty-three thousand five hundred and twenty-nine. I asked lots of questions with numbers in just before. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah to that's, that's fine. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I. How do you check periodically? I call up the Godfather. Oh, pizza. No, no, I do because I had a friend that worked there, which is one of the reasons what why your I friend think we got a there? discount. Uh, Brian, and he was just one of the pizza guys. But he, well, well, are you a cooker or like yeah, well, a chef at or? the time he was a chef, but he's not really moved on since high school. Mm-hmm. So not in a bad way. I mean, he's a very good guy and he's what very was your clever. High school? One hundred thirty-three thousand five hundred twenty-nine. Okay, cool. All right, um, but Brian is the is a manager there now. So occasionally, when I talk to him, I say, "Hey, is my thing on the machine still?" And he says, "Yeah, it's yeah. one hundred twenty-nine thousand five hundred twenty-nine. No, it's one hundred thirty-three thousand. <laughs> good. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, cool. Fine. All right, I tried on my little best there. All right, mine now. Okay, let's hear your line. <laughs> When I was young, I had a dog called Sandy, who was a terrier, who used to stand on his front two feet and wee. So he used to pee all down his front. <laughs> I don't believe that, okay. because of the way you looked away when you laughed and okay. said it's true. Okay. But, just for sake of argument, I do believe that you had a dog named Sandy. I think you've referenced Sandy before. So I think what you're doing is mixing a little truth in with the lie. Oh. Why would Sandy do this, and why would your father, who presumably had to clean up the mess... Not God, put him down. No idea. Like if there was ever a reason to put a dog down, <laughs> that was consistently it. pissing all over its own face. <laughs> I would be at the top It was of all the just down his front. It was horrible. Um, I don't know. It was in the. F- I was very young when this happened, so I'm assuming they had it. Well, they must have had it before I was even born. Um, we lived in this lovely little house, and um, who cares? So, and uh, yeah, we had this little garden. All I can, I, I can barely remember. I mainly remember the story from my parents telling me. Do you remember when Sandy used to do this? He used to have a dog that used to do that. He'd be on his front paws, uh, and he used to pee down its front. Why, why would it do that? Did the dog? I don't know. Like I, I don't even know. I don't. I'm not sure if like they got the, the dog, dog was like. Puppy. I need to perpetually smell of fear. Right. <laughs> it's vile. So I don't know why it did it. It always did until it died. See, I can't tell now if you're uncomfortable with the truth, and that's why it seems like a lie. Right. Or if this is actually a lie, and I don't. I, for the life of me. I'm cursing myself because I can't think of any useful questions to ask about a dog that wheezes on itself all the time. Uh, what type of dog was it? It was a terrier. What color? It was like a, like a sandy color, like, with, actually, probably darker. With obviously a yellow streak. <laughs> no, you probably actually you couldn't even see it. Like, and when did Sandy die? Oh, um, was it? 
I think it was before we moved house. So I was probably six. Five, well, we were six when we moved house, so I was probably about five years old or something. Uh, were you broken up when Sandy died? Probably. I can't how did, remember. How did Sandy pass? Um, got put down. Yeah, just I think I think he had. Dad finally got sick of it. <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> pissing on himself. I remember my dad coming in with the leader. So yeah. Um, now Sandy's an ambiguous name. Is this a boy or a girl? He was a boy. Okay. Um, anything else Sandy would do? Would he maybe defecate and roll around in it? Or? <laughs> Not I can remember. No, no, just no. just pee on its front all the time. I think every time. Yeah. That's how he would go for a wee. Stand then, like a handstand. He'd go and cuddle you in bed. <laughs> yeah, probably. Your face. I mean, he would do it in the garden. He would go in the garden to have a pee, but then go like in the garden and stand on his front. I stand on his front two legs. Like it wouldn't like just stand in the middle of the living room and like piss down itself. Okay, so why did your parents never turn this into a winning circus act? <laughs> because so, I mean, why did they never monetize Sandy? He's got talent didn't exist yet. Okay, right. So let's go through our five lies. Yep. Okay, well, five statements anyway. Yeah, okay. So my five are, and uh, no more questions at this point, by no the way. No more questions at this point. The jury, is, the jury is out and it's deliberate. So two of these statements are true. Three of them are absolutely not. So my, my statements are, while breaking into mentalism, I also worked on a two-man stage illusion act, but decided against it when I couldn't fit into a fire pyramid. Question number two, uh, statement number two. I met the Queen at a performance where I was performing at the opening of a theatre. Number three, I was a gymnast at school but stopped because of a knee injury. Statement number four, when performing on a luxury cruise ship, I walked out on stage to see Cliff Richard sitting in the second row. I made some references to him, but it turns out that Americans haven't heard of him. And statement number five, when I was young, I had a dog called Sandy, who was a terrier who used to stand in his front two feet and to wee and just pee down his front. Those are all plausible. All yeah, plausible. Very good. Okay, do you want to take your guess first? Yeah. Oh, do you want just me to... Some, yeah, just so we okay. don't get muddied on who's what. Right, so I think... I'll put little marks next to what you think. I think if the Cliff Richard one had been true, it's such a good story you'd have told me before. Okay. I believe Sandy is too obscure and stupid to be true. Okay. Uh, I believe you could have been a gymnast, but really doubt that you had a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Finish him! I believe the queen thing could be true. Just because she left before... <laughs> before I finished. <laughs> which um, most women tend to do. <laughs> uh, I think you've got that backwards. Um, uh, but I also believe the one with Rob could be plausible. Because I think you both met... Oh, you both met at an acting thing, didn't you? No, we met at a... Um, I'm not supposed to ask any questions. Uh, no, no, you claimed magic, but, but no, I believe no, Rob a, told me you met at an acting thing. No, it was a magic convention. It was actually the very first South Tyneside International Magic Festival. Oh, no, that is true. Right, so I'm going to go with that you uh, considered being a double act with Rob, briefly. Uh, And against my better judgment, I'm going to go for the knee injury, just because of the gesture that sold that it was the left knee. So those are my two that I believe will reveal in a moment. I'm going to read my five statements to you and let you choose. So you're saying I haven't met the queen. Of the, I didn't meet a, a, a queen at a performance. I just don't uh, think the queen would have left a performance before it was over. Over, over. Okay. Especially if you guys had done a special cut show for her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you don't believe the thing about Cliff Richard or about Sandy, my terrier, pissing down its front. No. Okay. Your five <coughs> statements. Here are my five. I once delivered a baby for a stranger on the side of the road. Okay. 
I once ran for student body president under the slogan, Atlas Appeals to the Common Man, and then in parentheses, that's you. I don't believe that one. I once set fire to a hayfield just to find a friend during a game of hide-and-seek. I don't believe that I once, in front of the principal, led a student revolution against the janitorial staff at high school. Yeah. And I currently own the high score on a game of Miss Pac-Man that has not yet been beaten. Um, I believe the one about the janitorial revolution. Mm-hmm. And what was your very first one? Uh, I once delivered a baby on the side of the road for a stranger. I think it's... Uh, Just so you know, before you make your final choice, 133,529. Actually, I'm tempted by that one. Uh, there you go. No, I'm going to go for the first one and the one about the... Um, what was he when I said? The principal. The principal and the, okay. the janitorial department. That's my guess. So I'm going to go with... Uh, oh, I don't think you did deliver the baby. I, I think that sounds like a, a thing you could watch on a TV show and you would just make it up. Um, mm-hmm. Give me the statements again. Once delivered a baby... Delivered the baby. ...for a stranger on the side of the road. Once ran for student body president under the slogan Atlas Appeals to the Common Man. In parentheses, that's you. Once set fire to a hayfield... I'm going to go with friend. the hayfield... Oh, no, there's something about that I didn't like. Okay, I'm going to go... <laughs> Uh, Indecisive much? Yeah. Like, just, I think all of them and none of them are true all at the same jan- time. Janitorial <laughs> is my... I th- I'm pretty convinced that that's true. And the... Okay, Baby on the Side of the Road. So Baby on the Side of the Road, janitorial. Yeah. And I went for you. I went you uh, double act. Double act. And, and hurt your knee. Gymnast hurt my knee. Okay. How many of yours did I get right? You got... One of them correct. Oh. How many did I get right? You got one of them correct. Oh, now we have to guess which now one we, we got right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, do you think you are correct? Oh, I, it's definitely hurt the knee. It's definitely that one. That's what I think. Yeah, is the wrong answer. <gasps> really? It was the queen, isn't it? It's the queen uh, and the double act and the dang double it, act. Dang it, dang it. I was really tempted. Yeah, and you sold the knee to the me. Knee, yeah, well done. Kenny. Do you know how I sold the knee? Because I have since hurt my knee. Oh, really? Yeah. Was yeah. it? You know, in the lewd way I suggested. <laughs> no, I wish it was. No, it was walking through my sister's kitchen. You wish kitchen. it was? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't wish it was. <laughs> Freudian slip. Um, you know, the, the thing about the dog, um, the thing about the dog is fairly true, apart from it wasn't called Sandy and it wasn't a terrier. See, I suspected you'd slid some truths in there. Right, so I actually had a, a, a dog which was a poodle called Shammy, and he did used to stand on his front two feet and he used to piss down himself. For real. How long did that last? I mean, I've did your dad you, not kill him? No, no, well, how you could didn't... you bring a dog into your house <laughs> that was covered in its own urine? Mm, mm. And the Cliff Richard thing. Did he bring homeless people home to you? <laughs> <laughs> no, the Cliff Richard thing is actually the week after I got on, Cliff Richard came on the ship. So uh, it was right. I figured you, you would definitely have told me the Cliff Richard story right. well before yeah. Well before now. Yeah. Okay. So I got one of yours right. Yes. What were the two I suggested? Uh, the uh, baby. Baby on the side of the road. Yeah. And uh, the janitorial. The janitorial. I'm going to stick with janitorial being the truth. That is correct. The other one I think is true is... Running for press. The, the running for this. That is correct. That's right. Those were the truths. <laughs> Those were the truths, yeah. So we were we were each tempted away. Yeah. See, now, I did deliver a baby on the side of the road, but it was mine. It wasn't for a perfect stranger. Uh, and in fact, if you'd watched my penguin lecture to the end, you'd have remembered that. Oh, there you go. So yeah, that was a good game. So if you've enjoyed this episode of the Three Mentalist Walk and, and, Walk and Podcast, honestly, I believe it's been I think high quality. Of, if you would, if you did enjoy this one half as much as we did, and you'd like even more from the Three Mentalists, we've got two bonus additional. 
Yes, yeah, so they're sections. not like consistent features, but yeah. there will be a bonus section each month dealing with the business, with the business side stuff. of things. So this month, uh, we've got how to negotiate fees we're going to talk about, and also the performance craft of how to go out there and how to work in your new material, where to find venues to do that. Uh, and they're available from freementalists.com as additional, just for a one-pound download. Yeah, I honestly think it's, have, knowing the material inside of it, I honestly think it's the best pound you can ever spend in What's interesting, when you, when you listen to those bits, is in the performance craft one about where to go and practice your new material there's so many little tidbits of additional information some of the stuff that I talked yeah, some about of the marketing bits some of the marketing and stuff whatnot. so I think you're going to get so do have a pen and paper handy when you write when you, when you listen well, that, that sounds really cocky doesn't it get your pen and paper out kids oh, I'm taking you to school <laughs> <laughs> you're not really enjoying this you're going to learn things you're not going to have any choices bitches <laughs> That's it. End of another beautiful podcast episode. episode. Nine. I really liked it. It was good. I, I thought liked it. There was no interference. Yeah, I'll have to edit less, I think, than, uh, than I did. Yeah, which in, is great. In, in past. Oh, and by the way, in talking of, of all that, a huge thank you, one final thank you, to uh, Mr. Steve Hairsign and his fantastic book test, Flictionary, for sponsoring this entire episode and helping to contribute towards our travel costs. And also to everybody who's donated some money, if you'd like to do that as well, you can do that using the donate button at 3 and that just helps us offset the cost of every single time you download this podcast. I'm paying for we're, we're paying for that. Yeah, out of our own pocket. So if you want to give a little bit back, we'd really, really, really appreciate that. Now, if you if you would like to sponsor the podcast, even please feel free to get in touch. And we're we uh, we're happy to chat. Yeah, absolutely. And one final thing to talk about is very exciting news. You had a delivery. Some things arrived at your house, Atlas. What are those things? Oh my uh, my books. Are no, getting, no, no. I'm talking about the t-shirts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought you were talking about the Intrepid Rogues Manual of Deception available at atlasbrookings.com. Uh, no, 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 uh, <laughs> was that Mr. Golden Balls? What? Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Black Project? Black Project? What? Black Project? No, no, hey. I'm, I'm just teasing. Yeah, we, uh, we got... Uh, t-shirts and, and mugs. coffee mugs coffee for mugs. Uh, the Three Mentalists Walked Into a Podcast. Yeah, so if you go to threementalists.com, you'll be able to see our merchandise available if you'd like to support us that way as well and wear some random apparel. <laughs> Take photos and put them on, on the Facebook and tweet them to us and all the things. Put them on the Facebook? On the Facebook. Facebook has a, has a die in front of it now? Uh, meet, yeah. The Facebook. I suppose it possibly could. It possibly could. The Book of Faces. The Book of Faces. So uh, remember, you can uh, you can share and uh, interact with us at uh, the Three Mentalists Walked Into a Podcast Facebook page and also at Three Mentalists on Twitter. The Twitter. Now, remember, I, we would love to hear for the True Lies section yes. what your guesses what was your were. Score? So uh, for, for Ken and for Atlas. If there's, I would be amazed mm. if there was anyone who got a perfect four. A perfect four, yeah. And also, just to let you know, the next episode, uh, between now and the next episode, we're going to be working on a virtual prank so uh, keep your eyes open for that and we'll tell you more about that in the next episode too good I think that's it for this episode and remember if you want to download the additional two uh, two elements of the podcast you can go to threementalist.com and download those for just a pound that's it see you next time in episode 10 see you later Thank you for listening to the Three Mentalists Walked Into a Podcast you can interact with us at threementalists.com Is that Bigfoot over there?